Welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number 75. Oh, yeah. I thought I had something. I don't. All right. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's stop everything. Shut down yeah, the yeah. show. Because right before it launched, Cass revealed a shocking allegation that, <laughs> I, I don't know, we might have to vote him off the show after this. Uh, Cass, would you like to share what you just shared with us? Yeah. I said, though, like, I can't, I can't drink and play Valorant at the same time. Like, I get too engrossed into the game that, like... I stop drinking. This is and essential. Realize, this is an essential. Do you know the name of our podcast, Cass? You're the one who well, said like, the name. When I'm on the pod, I got beer in hand at all times, pretty much. So, Cass, you somehow thought of when we were together to do push-ups when you died, but you don't yeah. think to take a sip of your beverage when you die in Valorant. Well, no, no, no. That, see, that was a bit different because, like, we were actively getting up and trading the. Uh, like the, oh, yeah. the control oh, yeah. over keyboard and mouse. So like Riot ban them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cass, it's it's simple, we... right? You know, you have your hand on your mouse mm -hmm. and then you die. You know, if it's a bad death, you might squeeze your mouse, you might smash it on the table, and then that hand is free for you to grab your beer. Easy as I think that. it might be another I think I use the other hand here. because I have to be switching POVs constantly, so yeah, I know. I'm, I'm. I drink with the left hand. Um, I'm trying to think which but, one I do. After I said that, I'm like, I'm not. I don't really. I can't really tell. Well, on an unrelated note, it's a good habit to get into drinking with your left hand. When you go to networking events. Your hand isn't cold and clammy when you shake someone else's hand. So you it's always hold your beer in the left. Yeah. yeah, sure. But like, also, yeah, how much networking have you done, Cass? <laughs> I mean. My hands are always cold and clammy, yeah. so it doesn't fucking matter what hands holding the guy. No, you're just left-handed, dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's like it's like a thing. It's like called, I want to say it's called buffalo. If you catch somebody drinking with their right hand, like you can make them down their drink or whatever. It, that is a game that people play at certain yes. times. I don't know, like any <laughs> like of those things. Like game. you need you need to have like a dent in your can, or you need yeah. to turn the uh, the. The tab the, sideways, the tab 90 degrees, yeah, yeah. Like there's a bunch of little things like that that it, within friend groups people mm -hmm. have. So it's like you just know, and if you're with those friend friends, you have to like do it, or they'll make you finish your drink. That would yeah. that would, the tab thing would feel very weird to me because I don't know if this is a common thing or not, but I am very absent-minded and I have a hard time remembering when I've finished my drink versus have a couple more swigs. So I will typically just break off the tab when I'm done drinking it and just, you know, push it down the middle so I can just mm. look and see if I finished my drink or not. It's not a bad way to get around uh, Wounded Warriors. What's yeah. Wounded Warriors? Wounded Warriors when you don't, uh, when you don't finish your drink. And, and you just you leave, leave it on the it. table. It's a Wounded oh. Warrior. Oh, dude. You gotta, I don't Wounded someone, Warrior. Someone's got to be the medic and, uh, and put him out of his misery. Yeah, and there was dude, a whole there's thing a lot of wounded, leaving wounded warriors, right? There's a whole thing about it where yeah. people are like, "Oh, you can't leave any wounded warriors." Like you paid for that, and then the argument against that is, "Fuck yeah, I paid for that." Yeah. And if I don't want to drink it, yeah. I'm not gonna drink it. You yeah, I will say, I, I know from personal experience, a lot of wounded warriors get made at your house because there are a couple of day, there are a couple of days where it was a, you know there was a party or we were drinking, but it was the Super Bowl party and, and Tony's party as well. But you guys were out doing things in the morning, so I got up and like cleaned up all the wounded warriors. And man, there was a lot of liquid in a bunch of those. Yeah, that would well, be a, a big Tony special. That, that's a big Tony special. Oh, I, somehow also, that surprises me not at all. It's more of like a thing, like like you're saying, like at parties, uh, yeah. when like. Like you set your drink down for something, and then like you forget that you had a drink, 
I don't forget. And then you just go and grab another one from the yeah. fridge. Yeah, you know, you're um, like, oh, I must have finished my other drink because yeah. I don't have a drink in my hand right now. So I would understand that if it was like a Bud Light, you know, it was like a White Claw or something. But like most of the beverages at the parties Wait. were, you know, of a higher tier than those. A Bud Light? Oh, yeah, you're leaving. facing out? Yeah. Oh, a little Bo Burnham reference. Cass, oh. it is very weird for you to see for me to see you drinking a Bud Light. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. You want to oh, get into oh, why yeah. that is? Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Cass spoiled it for the video yeah, wow. watchers. Oh, All zero of what? those we have. Well, I'm not drinking a Bud Light. That's an oh, well, You just have oh, a can. You showed a Bud Light to the camera, which yeah, is no, I know, insane. Oh, what, what a bait! What a bait. On Bud Light. Yeah, on okay. This well, basically, what, what had happened was uh, I was at work, and one of the food and bev managers comes up to me and is like, "Hey, Cass." You want some free beer? And I was like, yup, I do. He's like, it's not good beer. And I'm like, that's okay. Because free beer, cold beer, my beer. Um, and so she's like, all right, cool. And like opens up her personal like storage closet in the clubhouse. And there's like 20, 24 racks just kicking around in there that like companies have given her for like events and stuff. Uh, she's just like, yep, need to get rid of these. Picks up two 24 packs of Bud Light and hands them to me. And I was like, Okay. Yeah, yeah. I walked out with them. Yeah, free beer, cold beer, my beer. Yep. Pretty solid. There we go. And then, so, like, I left most of them in the back shop, but, like, brought home six. There should be another 24-pack kicking around. I don't think anybody's dipped into that yet. Oh, uh, Next time I'm at work, I'll probably dip into it. And we got a couple kicking around the uh, the old back shop mini fridge for uh, when the pickle's out of the bun, which is code for our boss is not there. Um... <laughs> It's honestly what? surprising given how, bo- how chill your boss is that he even cares if you drink. Oh, no, no, no. Like, my, my immediate oh, oh, boss okay, okay. would give no fucks. In fact, he's drinking beers on shift multiple times um, prior to him giving up drinking. But uh, the, like, the head honcho would definitely care. And, and, so, and yeah, the we've got... immediate boss is the one with do you, you know, wants to go out with the wife and you, right? And gives you stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But, Cass is sugar daddy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He doesn't want to admit um, it, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, yeah, so like, uh, apparently this comes from my media boss's like old uh, golf club that I used to work at, where um, they, they had valet service. And so whoever was working as the valet at the time, went, whenever the boss would show up and he'd go and park like the head boss's car, uh, he'd get on the radio and just be like, the pickle's in the bun. Um, and apparently this guy was a real hard ass, so everybody knew that, like, they had to get their shit on point, uh, when the head golf pro was, was around. But then, when he'd, when he'd go and grab the car for him to drive off, he'd get back on the radio and be like, pickles out of the bun, meaning everybody can, like, take it easy and relax. And so we've kind of adopted that, that same code. Um... But the, anyway, the head honcho plays Valorant, right? So definitely listens to this podcast, and you just completely outed yourself to him. Like, yeah, that's... probably. Yeah, that would be very funny. But there's there's zero percent chance he's fucking, (laughs) and he'll get to listen to this. Yeah, until you show Um, up on Monday and he's like, "Cass, please uh, see me in my office." Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Um, we can discuss editing this out later, Cass. Yeah, Yeah. this is uh, this is all alleged stuff. Nothing's admissible in court. Admit to nothing. (laughs) I'm not sure if it works that Um, way, Cass. (laughs) This is this is not legal advice. What are you drinking, man? What what, what am I drinking? I am drinking a Slackwater Brewing Secret River Pavlova Sour. Oh. Pavlova Sour? Yeah. 
Interesting. It's like Pavlov's dogs, but like no. it's a sour. I, I don't think that that's what Pavlova is. Yeah, to be honest, I got no fucking clue what Pavlova is. That's a dessert. Oh, okay. Isn't that like the meringue thing? What are you looking at me for? I just told you I have no fucking idea what it is. Yeah, I don't know. I was hoping Hunter would have some context here as well. I don't uh, Louise is probably screaming okay. at herself upstairs hearing me. So, <laughs> Loaded with passion fruit, orange, and strawberry. Finished off with a touch of vanilla. Of course this has lactose in it, god damn it. Yeah, pavlova um, is, is a meringue. It's like a massive meringue with fruit on it. Oh, okay. And, and cream. Um, so it was interesting because I, I got this because like the can is the exact same design as every small gods brewing can has. And I was like, oh, it's a small gods brewing beer. And then I looked at it and they just has the Slackwater logo on the front. I was um, like, wait a sec. Turns out it's a collab. Um, so yeah. Cool. And then cool. there's a little well, thing. Well, now at you the know bottom. what Pavlova is. You should you should mm. get a slice at some point. Mm. It's a little thing at the bottom that's asterisk says contains lactose. Yeah, those are your favorite beers. Yeah, I know you're not allowed to drink. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, it's problematic. Um, yeah, very good. If you're in the East Van, a chance, grab one. You're probably not though. Yeah, you're probably not. Yeah. If you happen to be, hit us up. You should jump on the podcast with us though. So. Yeah. Yeah. In it will live one. Yeah, yep. just without Hunter. It'll be the three of us oh, and Hunter so on the computer. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah, that's what I got in hand. Hunter, what are you what are you rocking over there? I see a... Is that formaldehyde behind you? No, it's windshield wiper fluid. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, because the, the light in my car has been on for about a week that I need more fluid. Will you just... Can I, like, take a cup of that or something? <laughs> yes, we're going by, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you see, my car is so old, it doesn't Battery have a light no. indicating that I need... <laughs> Uh, windshield wiper fluid. Okay, so I am sipping on the Here beer <laughs> here by uh, Peabody Heights Brewery. I went there for the first time with a buddy on Tuesday, and the name sounded familiar, so I thought for sure I'd had some of their stuff before, but I guess I've just seen it in stores because, like, nothing was familiar there. Um, they had some very weird sours that were, like, watery sounds, like, really negative, but they were, like, incredibly light. Like, they weren't that sour. And I don't know if it was a wheat beer sour or what, but basically, like, the finish was just incredibly, like, there's nothing to it. It was odd. Um, but they had some good IPAs, and this was one of them. It's a, a very, if you think of, like a, like, a mildly hazy, mildly fruity IPA, it's what it is. It's not a lot to write home about, but it's just good. 7.3% ABV. It's a hazy IPA bursting with tropical fruit notes and a deliciously smooth finish. And... You know, sometimes that's all you want. It's got a picture of Memorial Stadium on the can, which is pretty cool, which is the the one stadium for Baltimore sports teams uh, up until like 1998 or so when the Ravens and Orioles got separate stadiums. So a bit of a throwback for people who were around for that. It's good. Crazy. Your, uh, your guys' cities have stadiums. Yeah. I know. <laughs> we don't have that shit in, in Boise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, there are a couple stadiums around D.C. Filling the stadium would require all of Idaho coming to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no way we, we could support a stadium mm. like that. Mm. Well, there's the Boise College University, Boise State. There we go. Boise, Boise, Boise College University. Yes, I'm sure that's yeah. what it's called. <laughs> Boise State 
football. I knew it was huge. I knew it was Boise something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's Albertson stadium. stadium. Albertson yeah. Stadium. That's it's a big uh, stadium. Sure, but it's a it's not even a full bowl. It's a. Mm. No, it's like um, a half dome. Well, it's no dome. It's it's outdoor. Maybe it's a U now. I think they yeah. upgraded it to a U, but it used to just be the two sides with bleachers on either end. Mm. Um, but now I think it's a U with bleachers on one end. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the biggest stadium that we have. We technically have like a minor league hockey, baseball, and basketball team. Actually, mm. the basketball team left. But yeah. No. Okay. Interesting. Um, anyway, I might as well fill the time because my beer is not interesting at all. It's exactly what I drank last week. The Hope You're Happy IPA. Yeah. Um, from Coast Mountain. So uh, I still had the other three beers in the in the four pack. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought about drinking one of those the other night, but then I was just like, eh. It's a doll boy. Yeah, I mean, bowl. I've just been drinking cheap beer this week, pretty much. I got a free pack of beer from building a bike for my boss's friend who uh, who ordered a bike to our shop. So I built it up for him, and then he came and picked it up and gave me mm-hmm. a pack of beer. So i just Very been nice. drinking yeah. those. Um, yeah, those have been called, uh, they were they were soul beers, but Cass doesn't know what I'm talking about when I say soul. Uh, yeah, it, so, it, it, okay. uh, so I, I was like, no, oh no, yeah, no, I was drinking, on, I was on, drinking on, soul. On. Like I, I, I got a pack of soul and he goes, like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, like soul, like the Mexican beer. He goes, oh, like soul. <laughs> well, okay. I don't know what it's supposed to be, like... but that's just a funny story. <laughs> he okay. just pronounces soul in like a slightly Mexican accent. <laughs> okay, but no, no, no. Okay, Chase is just unnecessarily dogging me here because there was actually a native Mexican in the car with us when Chase said this, and yes. he was lost too. Yeah, which is so funny. That's Until great. I said, like, oh, you're talking about soul. And then he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just yeah, insane funny. that both of them had no idea what I was talking about when I when I said Seoul. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, what are you, are you talking about, like, South Korea? Like, out of, fuck, out of <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was my first thought as well. Like, like Seoul is in, like, soul food. Or, like, Raina taking soul orbs is, like, the first thing that came to mind. Then Seoul being, you know, capital of South Korea came to mind. Um, yeah, like... <laughs> the beer was like last on the fucking list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, that's what I've been drinking. So. Yeah. Let me call for a incredibly fast intermission here. And we're back. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so I guess we've talked about all the beers here. So why don't we just jump right into this? Uh, I will say, the bulk of this is probably going to be over a bunch of the premiere stuff that we did. But we're gonna we're gonna have a little appetizer, maybe like a, a soup and a salad, and and then we'll get to the entree. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Um, so I have Fire a couple away. things here. Here's the first thing. Okay, first thing that we got to discuss here is actually that's related to premiere. We're gonna discuss something else first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So somebody was bringing it up on Reddit, asking whether they think that uh, that Jet needs another nerf. Or the other duelists need buffs. Um, yeah. And before we before we actually delve into that, there's there's a couple of like points that I wanted to raise, uh, which to give other people credit, I don't have the tab open, but I was not the one who brought up these points. Um, somebody else on Reddit did. But basically, the initial background information is uh, you have Jet at like a seventy percent pick rate ish. You've got Raze at roughly twenty eight. 
Um, and then the bottom five pick rate agents are Chamber, who just got fucking gutted, and then the other four duelists. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, well, is it a situation in which you need to buff the other duelists? Because he was saying in the post, he's like, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't think Jed is broken. It's just she completely dominates the pick rate. Um, and the one of like the the top comments is which I really want to discuss here. Um, pointed out that like it's not necessarily a scenario of of Jet just being broken or way better or the other agents needing buffs. It's more of a the the meta of the game at least in the pro scene, currently revolves around a bunch of utility that, like, does a good job of stalling people out and keeping people from from getting in and taking sites. And you have Jet, who is one of the best agents at just getting through said util and onto site. And then, unlike Raze, can also effectively wield an operator when you're on the yeah. other half of the map on defense. Um... And so he was saying that he feels like it's more of a symptom of what the meta of the game currently is, at least for pro play, than it is agent what, strength. Yeah, what than it is agent strength. And it, and he was saying that like until you see them create agents that have a similar burst onto site mechanic, like movement mechanic, that he doesn't think that there's going to be a large variety or like a large change in agent pick rates, regardless of what any uh, buffs or nerf might be, unless you buff the ever living shit out of some of the other duelists. Yeah. I, th- I think you're, that's looking at it a little bit backwards because honestly, I think that all of the other duelists with the exception of Reyna, all of the other duelists with the exception of Reyna have the ability to burst onto site in a in a similar way in a way that given the right team comp given the right map could compete with jet jet obviously has incredible flexibility and like you know you look at phoenix who doesn't have any movement there are times you'd want the movement but you know you trade that for um you know his flashes being really good you can do some stuff with his wall i i think that jet's offensive output can be replaced i think the single biggest issue and i don't think there is a fix for this issue i don't think there's anything to change about it but i think the single biggest thing about Jet that makes her so good is that she is just by far by a landslide the best duelist on defense because of the potential to peak angles notably with an operator but other guns as well and dash away like you know you might have pretty good spacing with your offensive sight hit but if you have a Jet kill the first person and dash away all of a sudden you know you're in a much worse position and no other agent can do that well, another duelist can do it, and agent as well, besides and Chamber. But Raina? like, yes, yeah. Reyna requires you to hit, though. That's what yeah. We Raina requires earlier. you. And Reyna has the whole thing of you know having one piece of utility, and then every everything else revolves around getting kills. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of okay, kind. But of, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I, I, I have, I have yeah, a big I, picture I like answer to the general question, but I wanted okay. to just answer that specific one first. I, I I think that there's a bit of a counterpoint there, though, with the the whole. Other agents are just as good at bursting out on site, which, like, I just vehemently disagree with. I think that while Raze does a very good job of getting herself onto site with her blast packs, is she's not self-sufficient enough in her own right. Sure, you can use the boom bot to clear some angles, but it's not lethal anymore. Um, 
like it doesn't do 150. And the nade, while being lethal, only targets one area. And so, like, if you're trying to get to a certain area, you'd have to blast back into a relatively covered, safe place, or somebody else would need to provide some utility for you to to do that with. Whereas Jet can just drop her own smoke, dash into her own smoke, and then the team can use their utility amongst themselves to figure out how best to follow you onto site. Well, um, I think the thing with Razor like, that you're sleeping on is that you have the vertical mobility that pulls crosshairs. Like, yeah, it is yeah. very well, Everybody on site is then yeah, yeah. looking up in exactly. which the yeah, yeah. rest of your team can no. yeah. The same way that a jet smoke pulls crosshairs to that smoke, mm-hmm. you're now pulling crosshairs to the sky because the rays is fucking a million feet in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why, like, I mean, you'll often see jets, like, updraft ash to get on, and, like, and drop their smoke on an elevated angle to get up to that. I'm thinking of, like, you know, Jen on A side Ascent, um, but, or, or Jen on C side Haven. But like outside of that, like I understand the Rays can do that pretty well. It's just yeah, I just I, I completely more... agree with Hunter that it's I think identical, at least like on offense bursting onto site, the Rays going on or the Jet going on, pretty much right. the same well, in different manners, okay. but pretty much the same thing. But could, I could... think that there is a like I, I think there's now just after that a massive fucking drop. Yoru and all the other duelists. Yoru. What about Yoru? Because well, well, what I was going to say is when it comes to offensive stuff, you know, we talked about Rays who can, uh, you know, blast pack in. And I think Yoru with a flash TP can actually do a lot of similar things to Jet with the smoke and dash. It requires mm-hmm. team coordination that you don't necessarily have in ranked, but you can, you can flash so that someone's not going to be able to immediately peek the angle you're TPing into. And then you have a similar, you know, situation as Jet with the smoke and dash. And, and yeah, that's you're pulling talking... crosshairs to the backside or to wherever you TP'd to. Exactly. That's... And I'm saying you can TP... I think TP... it works the exact same. Yeah, yeah. And you can do it more... It, what I'm thinking is that, like, you know, I like to go for the big brain Yoru TPs, like, behind the enemy. But you can do a Yoru TP that's more like a jet dash where you're not, you know, completely on your own. It's just enough to, you know, get you further into sight and it's easier to do it safely. Um, but, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm with Chase that I, I think that... I think that if you removed defense from the game somehow for both teams, you, you play your competitive games by both teams who are the two teams who are competing play offense against a third party who's on defense and you or see who defense, gets more yeah. rounds. Yes. In that case, I don't think jet is a dominant. I don't think jet is the meta duelist. I think there's a healthy mix of duelists. If that's the case, weird scenario, but I stand by that. I, I still think that there's just the, the whole aspect of like, like, okay, first of all, in regards to your Yoru's TP is just slow and can be broken if someone is in the right spot and sees it. Um, but it just takes longer than a jet running up and dashing on the site or a raise. I mean, not up for, not really the for the distance that you're trying to go it with a jet. Exactly. Dash. That that's yeah. I fully agree. Like you don't need this to go across the map. Like it can it you're can talking go like, like dice on ascent. Yeah, like ten yeah. meters up. Yeah, and but like TP to it. You, you want to do that as jet? You just like you just go. You don't need to, uh, yeah, like, but you it's don't like, need to, like have your TP going there. Oh, or sure. Like, as, as Ray's, I have to have a double blast back or be able to do that, but like, right. right but, uh, okay. So, but just also, okay, just to be clear, Kath, I think you're a little bit hung yeah. up on the specific way yeah, yeah. Jet entries okay. with the smoke right, and right, dash. Right. Sure, like, sure, yes, no, Jet no, is no, the best no, at smoking no, and dashing. No, 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 no other okay. duelist is missing this whole other aspect that I haven't even been able to get to because you're bringing up some bullshit about Yoru. But, like, if we look at like Phoenix and Neon and Reyna. They just can't do that. You can't break crosshairs in the same way. 
I mean, well, Neon, you can. Neon, you can. In Phoenix, the flashes is... can force people off the angle. You can't quite do the same thing, but you can have an impact. Yeah, but I, I see I see what your point is, mostly for Reyna Phoenix. Well, I mean, yeah, they, they don't have movement. Okay, no no, movement I think, okay but, yeah, yeah, but I, I think Neon with her, her slide mechanic, while can be good, I don't think is enough of a a pulling crosshairs kind of scenario. And the thing with uh, both Phoenix and, or like, Reyna has her weird to pull crosshairs. Phoenix, first of all, someone could just be playing anti-flash. Um, but number two, even though even though they might be flashed, they still know where the fuck you're coming from. Sure. Like, like their crosshair is still right on that angle. And, like, Chase is, I'm sure, probably very aware of this. Oftentimes, you just get tapped by someone who's fully flashed. Like, there's yeah, no I mean, way if you to don't, If you don't time it correctly yeah, going on there, the There's site, no way yeah. to bridge the gap between choke point, sight. Well, I mean, you're you're correct about that, but you know, if you if you look back at sort of that in between phase of Chamber being about to be nerfed or just nerfed, I forget which it was. You know, you had some teams running Phoenix on some maps, in particular Ascent, to some you know to some effect, and like they're not yeah. anymore. But like you know, I think that some teams would prefer what he some teams prefer what he brings to the table over Jet on offense specifically. Because if you're picking a yeah. Phoenix, you're picking him for offense. <laughs> like, you, yeah, you know, defense yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the whole point that Hunter was bringing right, up. Right, exactly. You're picking them for offense. But the thing is, the reason why Jet is so dominant is because she also has defensive capabilities. Incredible yeah. defensive capabilities, yeah. I guess I don't play other duelists, so I don't know what kind of stuff other duelists bring to the table on defense. But, like... Push out. That's what they bring. That can be very useful. Take aggressive on a map like Fracture. But you do that as Jet, too, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's that, all about the oh people are coming you know if there's a you know if you're on, by yourself on defense which happens fairly regularly and there are multiple enemies pushing you all of the duelists have something they can do to deal with that but nothing is as effective as popping dash peeking carefully getting it to kill and dashing away like that is just by far the best way to deal with that if, if you're in the as a duelist Phoenix yeah. pop flashes can be pretty brutal, though. Yeah, but if you peek, the, my point is, you got multiple people. You're yeah. unlikely to catch all three, and then you have to be very quick at target prioritization to shoot the one who is the least flashed. Right. And right. The, yeah, you know, it's it's more of an even. And that usually there. just doesn't happen. Like oftentimes, right. you peek out. You're like you shoot the person who is flashed, but then the person who doesn't flash peeks out from behind their angle, and you're mm-hmm. they trade you, right? Like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we can actually kind of boil this down a little bit to say that take offense defense out of it. Um, in terms of 1v1s, the duelists are much more competitive. But 1vxs is where, you know, Jet is very strong. And if Reyna comes to mind, well, her issue is other utility that she doesn't have. Okay, which also brings us to another thing that Chase and I were talking about in the car ride up to Wisp today. Which, uh, I believe it was Tarek and somebody else talking about this. Presumably on Tarek's stream. Um... And they were discussing the fact that, like, perhaps you should see some more Reyna in pro play. Now, there's the whole argument of, like, oh, well, she lacks team utility. Like, the Lear is the Lear's okay, but it's not very good. It's not like an actual flash. But then you get into the concept of you have one player on your team that is just the fucking Terminator. Yeah. Just walks in, clicks heads. 
And I think we're, I think the game would be nice if we got back to the double duelist meta where you can see some cracked fucking aimers pick up Reyna. Just click heads, dismiss out of there. Because the thing is, like, you know, if you're, if you're running a jet where the jet is smoking and dashing in, as incredibly valuable as that is, that means that they most likely are going to have a certain amount of time before they can take any duels. And they don't want to necessarily, you know, dry peak the angle first before they're going to smoke and dash because that's the key part of your team's execute. But if you're Reyna, you know, you're peaking that and, and actually taking that duel first. You get that kill. Now you heal back up. You dismiss, whatever. Like, you can... There are more options that open up for Reyna because they don't have utility in some situations. Because they don't need to do any, anything different. And they have the ability mm-hmm. to, you know, do well with uh, the kill. And I think yeah, your team isn't losing much, basically. Exactly. Like, you're, you're right. Execute. It's, yeah. it's a silver lining to having shit utility. Yeah. And then also, I think that, like, yeah, like specifically when you pair it with either a jet or a raise who is bursting out onto site, the Reina then leers out with either the dash or the blast packs and then swings that angle. It's like, okay, well, now we've got a jet on site, inner smoke, who could pop out at any point in time. There's this leer in my face, which I have to shoot, and there's a Reina fucking swinging me. Yeah. That's pretty fucking terrifying. Um, I don't know. I, I do think that there is a place for for Reina in pro team comps, but yeah. it seems like there, there's just a heavy stack towards the initiators. Yeah, and... because you get so much more utility, right? Like, you're not giving up the jet to play a Reyna. So it's not, you're not going single duelist Reyna on your comp. Yeah. Um, People tried that at one point very unsuccessfully. Um, I think like on Icebox and stuff like that, mm-hmm. we're, we're trying it for a little bit. Um, but yeah, so you're giving up an initiator, right? So what are you going to give up your, your KO or your sky? But like all of the other things that, the, that those characters do, like the info gathering, you, you have nothing. Right, you're just yeah. giving up that huge part of of your game plan to have somebody that takes the duel first. Yeah, no, no, it's not takes the duel first. It's someone who's going to drop fucking thirty. But are they? There, there's, there's no info. Like, there's much less info to set them up. Right, like the yeah. whole team, like the as a unit, is not playing as good because you don't have that crucial aspect. Yeah, and I think I think there's this whole Reina thing would have to be situational based on the map. I don't, you know, there are a couple players who Aspas for Loud is the biggest one who just, you know, are only playing Jet in franchising now. Like he literally has never played any agent besides Jet in the franchise games. Um and that's, you know, yielding good results for them. I don't think you'd ever get a situation like that where a team would be successful with someone playing Reina on like 80% of the maps. But like the biggest thing that comes to mind for me is watching Asuna, one of my favorite players, who's just amazing at dueling on Icebox. And 100 Thieves has had him on the Sage where he still has had some monster performances on the Sage, but I I would love to see them run double duelist on Icebox, Cryo on Jed, him on Reyna, because I think he brings he's just so uniquely good at using the ropes, using the elevation and stuff that I think he could make it worth it. Do I think he could drop 30 consistently on other maps on Reyna? Not really, no. But like on that map specifically, I would love to see them try it out. I'm not saying you need a Reyna on every map. 
Oh, I'm not saying I'm, I'm like, not really saying you are. I'm just kind uh, of qualifying that whole Reina thing. I mean, you're not going to be seeing the icebox Reina for uh, a while if you're. Oh, well, I mean, they're probably not going to do it ever. So I shouldn't get my hopes up. But you're right. You're mm-hmm. right. No, but well, like, like there's, it's literally not in the map pool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I just think that there's there's still a place for Reina in the game in the pro scene instead of it just being like, oh yeah, but like you don't go Reina. I don't know if there is right now. I mean, I will say PRX, uh, you know, had did have some success in their Copenhagen uh, mm-hmm. with. They're just somebody. better, though. Well, yes, and I will say that they might be getting back there now. I don't know if you guys have followed this, and I've only followed it through Reddit. I haven't watched any of their games lately, but PRX, after struggling for a while, they ditched their IGL, which may be a bit of a surprise since they're. Oh, with Benkai. Yeah, yeah they, but Benkai has been benched. Ben, Benkai mm-hmm. is benched, and they brought in Benchkai. Uh, yeah, and they brought in cracked jet player uh, something, uh, which means that Forsaken has been moved to flex, and Forsaken mm-hmm. has actually been putting up more kills on flex the past couple games than he was putting up on Duelist, and something has been a monster as well. So you look mm-hmm. at a team like PRX, you know, bringing Reyna in on Jing, who is honestly prop one of the best like dueling players, aimers, one of the best at yeah. taking aggressive duels in the world. So, like, I feel like that he is a perfect person to play Reyna in more often than most people. Yeah, but also, yeah, I, like, his Ray's kind of fucking nasty. Yeah, it'd be they were talking about PRX on, on Plot Chat this week, which I just finished the episode um, today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically they were saying they're fucking trolling all the time with their team comps. But 80% of teams, they're just going to be better than. They're just better aimers. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. But it's like, it's the team comps are just trolled because when they go up against the two teams pretty much that are better than them, they lose those games. But every other game they roll because they're just going to out aim everybody else. Well, my understanding from following on Reddit is that PRX actually lost some rather embarrassing games when Benkai was on the team this season. And they've looked a lot better since the switch happened. So I'm wondering if they'll evolve mm-hmm. their strategy some uh, and have less troll team comps or team comps that seem troll but they make work now that they oh, have sure. well, we, we haven't seen comps. that against like drx right mm-hmm. have they played drx since the switch no well they already played yeah. drx so. they played drx oh, oh, early okay. i believe yeah yeah they've already played drx so you're not you're like they're not going to do that until i guess the whatever that right right so that's kind of, that's kind of where i'm challenging the whole plat chat thing of like oh well you know they get hard countered by the teams that are better like you know can stack mm-hmm. up with them in firepower They've just had a huge firepower upgrade. We we haven't necessarily seen how this is going to shake out yet. I mean, true. Like Paper X is still one of my favorite teams. So same, same. Of I mean, course, the, the pe- people on the team are so likable. In addition to them being fun, you know, uh, in, in between yeah. the, the rounds. But also, we were talking about Rana players. I was just thinking of Durka. Like obviously, oh, obviously Durka, okay. obviously Durka goes off on, on the Rays and on whatever the fuck mostly, else he plays. He mostly plays Jet. Um, but I that he I could definitely see him, him on on the Reyna as just a Durka go kill because it, the games are already Durka go kill. Yeah, and it works really fucking well. So if he has a <laughs> character like Reyna that uh, enables him even more to to fucking Smurf on everybody, then I feel like Durka's just gonna fucking go off. You know, I, sidebar, I feel like Durka is by easily the most boring star like player to watch 
because this is part of Fnatic's style. But he like what? never like overheats Ooh, and gets did, kills. You did not watch Bold. that Haven game the other day. <laughs> okay, I didn't you watch. No, no, I did, did not. not watch that. I have game not watched any besides day. NA franchising. But like you know, yeah, that's he aced twice in like one half. Yeah. God. Okay. Well, speaking from like you know fanatics, I'm speaking more from their um, lock in win. Mm. You know, he just plays smart and plays with the team and is a good aimer and gets kills. Like you know, you, there's very little like flashy like stuff coming out of him no, it's dude, just it, amazing aim it, yeah, it's just it's not, not fun to jing. watch it's not a jing but i yeah. but it's not I a jing it's not an it's asana fun. it's not a baby it's bay it's fun to watch somebody go yeah. and get four kills even if that's like playing well with the team it's cool to watch that because it's fun to be like holy shit are that like they going on for five now well but... it's it, it's cool to watch that but like any agent can do that the the like you know extreme yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like overconfident but making it work kind of stuff is what is really cool about some of the best star players, yay, on Chamber back in the day. And I just don't see that from Durka very often. So I just, I kind of root against him, honestly. <laughs> I, yeah, I that's really why I like Baby Bay. Yes, yeah, same with Baby Bay. You gotta yeah. watch his pistol round ace on Haven. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Fnatic right now, I, I didn't watch the game, but Fnatic right now is just, you know, kind of rolling EMEA. Like, they're, they're oh, yeah, kind of they running the table. And so when you when you are in that position you know, you have all this extra confidence and you're playing really loose. So, like, I don't I don't doubt that he played more aggressively in those games. Oh, no, but also, like, if he doesn't get those two aces in the first half, they lose Haven. Okay. Like, it was 14-12. Yeah, like, I, they, they lose that map without him getting those two aces right there. Got it. But, like, you know, Fnatic, you know, is just in such a secure position that, you know, even if they do yeah, lose the map sure. and lose the series, like, big deal. Like, yeah. you know, there's just a level of confidence that allows you to overextend and make some mistakes and then it doesn't really matter. And that just can really free up your mental. Like, you know, if he, if he plays super aggressively and fun and I end up enjoying watching him at the next international tournament, then, you know, I'll be changing my tune a little bit, but I doubt it based on what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that, that's a, that's a unnecessary sidebar, but that, that you were, you were thinking of him for Reyna because he's just a cracked aim, uh, aimer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cass, okay. can I go back to your initial point? Yeah. This pains me to say, because, you know, all throughout this podcast, I have been known for saying that I want to see parity amongst the duelists in terms of picks and that I don't like, you know, jet dominance. Um, however, I really do feel like we've reached a state in the meta where, you know, jet has been knocked down so many pegs from when the game launched and other duelists have been, you know, gradually buffed to the point where I think it's time to admit something that I was really hoping we would never have to admit, but I am kind of okay with as much as it pains me to say, which is that I don't think there's much to change about the duelists. And I think we're just going to have to accept that all of the duelists are viable in ranked and Raze and Jet are the main ones that are viable in pro with, you know, some potential for teams to experiment a little more with some of the other ones. Uh, am I saying that you shouldn't buff the other duelists at all? That there's no potential to have some buffs? No, I mean, I think there's still some something on the table. I don't think there's any potential to nerf Jet. I, I just don't think you can do really anything else without making her unfun. I think you can nerf Raze, though. That would be horrible. 
why on earth would you why on earth would you take the tool the two like viable duelists and just make it one what are you talking about Cass? you could okay just hear me out for a sec okay no no, we've heard you out multiple podcasts long aoe is dumb it's so lame you take out the raise nade she just doesn't get any okay i guess the boom bot's fine and blast back seems kind of cool Oh, and give her, like, a different ult. Give her, like, instead of, like, a, a rocket, she has, like, five things that, like, if you hit somebody in the head with, it does 150 to the head, you know? Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you give her five rockets, like like a grenade yeah, yeah, yeah. launcher. <laughs> like an R- an RPG that has, like, a fully auto RPG. Yeah, but there's no AoE. Yeah, she has her no same AOE. rocket launcher. No, yeah. no we, we bring back the AOE. We're buffing rays now. We have the rocket launcher, and we have, you know, it's like a revolver. You got, like, three massive things. So she gets five shots with the rocket launcher. Rapid fire. Spam firing it. Fires all of them at once. She can blast back up. Just cover a site in rockets. Yeah. That's Forged what we do. Earth. Yeah. You're on the site. You die. Sorry. I don't make the rules. Uh, that's the new rays. So, Cass, are you you're not seriously suggesting nerfing Rays then? Because no, everything you said was no, complete no, nonsense. No, no. Rays, okay, Rays good. is fine. I just don't like Rays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like Rays in my games either. Like, I'm 100 percent with you there. Like Rays on my team just don't do anything. Yeah, uh, that might, does that possibly do, have like... to do with the Rays that you the Rays that you play with? No, no, we've had a couple of like so, like games today where like the raises on our team were just not doing anything. Yeah, they like, were just random pl- players. But yeah, like like if you're gonna play raise, like like fucking no blast pack rollouts. Yes, like like fucking go in, man. Yeah, I might disagree with you about Molly lineups and how important they are, but you know you got to know how to get where you need to go as raise with your blast packs. You you got to be labbing that out. An in essential custom. part of the game. Don't. Mm-hmm. Okay, but like, if, like <laughs> if you're not if you're not going to use the blast packs as rays for movement to get yourself out on the site, why the fuck did you pick rays? Yeah. Well, because the utility gets you kills and that looks good on the scoreboard. Just fucking click heads, five head. Yeah, Cass. I was like, I was thinking the other day about like if you. One thing that might be, well, maybe I won't get into this very much because it could be a future podcast thing. I don't think we're, we have time for it tonight. But one thing that could be kind of fun would be ranking the agents at the launch of the game according to their power level at the launch of the game, but in today's meta. So, like, what would be the, you know, what, what are the tiers of the launch agents now? I, I don't think we should get into that now. I think that could take a while, but like, that, I think that's I mean, kind sure, of a fun topic. But like, but like, Jet Chamber S tier. Chamber wasn't in the game at launch. <laughs> Only game agents oh, who were in no, the game yeah, at launch. Oh, the same when they were launched. I, I thought you were talking yeah. about when agents uh, got no, Okay, I, I could understand how that was confusing. I thought you were talking about their launch state. Not no, I was talking about like all the 1.0 agents. How would they oh, fare yeah, in yeah, today? Kaz and I know a lot about 1.0. Yeah, also, we like, yeah. Stages, that time. stage is fucking up there. Well, the reason the reason why I was thinking about it in, in this concept. Res costing six alt points. Is she though? That's the that's the question. And now this is yeah. literally getting yeah, yeah, into yeah, the, sure. into right, the right. fucking topic. So. Right, yeah. so we'll get back to that. We'll get we'll get back to that. But 
Speaking Basically, about no, some... Jet doesn't need to be nerfed. Other duelists could be buffed, but mm. slightly, whatever. Yeah. yeah, okay. Getting into some premiere stuff. This is, uh, this isn't directly related to our premiere experience, but I feel like it, it, it's got some ties here for sure. Um, but I've definitely seen some people complaining about the, uh, the matchmaking experience in Premiere being arguably worse than just a regular ranked game, and that it's often just a stomp one way or the other. Yeah. And I find that that also has been the case from our experience. Well, I feel like the ranks have been reasonably close in our games. Yeah. So, like, even if it has been a stomp, I I don't know that you know, teams play differently. You, you Players play... You, your hidden MMR doesn't do a great job of predicting how well you will do on a certain map. And Premier being a whole different league as well in terms of you playing probably maybe a different agent, maybe just very differently than you do in Ranked. I don't have a problem with how our games have gone in terms of matchmaking. Yeah, because you're not being individually matchmade, right? Like Right, yeah. It possibly a little bit like, and that's something that we don't actually know, but like you're in a league, you're just in a league and they've created boundaries. So you get placed into a league based on, uh, what are your top five players hidden MMRs? Yeah. Um, and then you're just, you're in that league. So like we're in what they're not called leagues. They're called something else. Divisions. Divisions, Division. yeah. 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 So what we're in division 11 with our team. So, well, all the teams that are in Division 11 have, like, generally the same MMR or within a boundary average. And so, like, you're not being individually matchmade per map. It's just, like, you could be against a team that is at the higher end and you're at the lower end. Uh, that's just how it's going to work, right? It's who's queuing at that time that you get matched against that's also in your same league. Like, the, it's like the... Matchmaking has been pre-done. Um, now, there was something that I saw where it was saying that they were trying to do you against teams that have the same win-loss record as you. Now, I, that is completely unsubstantiated. I don't know if that's true. Um, but there was something that I saw that was saying they would try to do that. Um, I can't remember if that was directly from Riot or if that was like a Reddit thing. or I, I have no idea, so... That could be just completely false, but um, it would make sense if they were trying to do that because uh, then I feel like you could do get a lot more competitive games. Uh, but that that would take like more time into the season. What there's been three games so far. Some teams have done four because they could play uh, two games in a day, but there's only been three days where you can play games. So as as the season goes, if they are doing that win-loss thing, then I think you're going to get more competitive games because you're going to be against people with the same win-loss record as you, or pretty much. Mm -hmm. But also, like, that'd also be a little bullshit if you get placed against other teams that have the exact same win-loss record that you do. Because, like, the whole point is to try and do as well as you can in this given league, right? And, like, we're we're in our division. Our division has, call it, 200 teams in it, right? So if we're four and zero, our division has like seven hundred teams in it. Yeah, but like, it, like, like if I'm four and zero, why why are we only restricted to playing against other teams that are also four and zero? Because you're trying to find who's the best four and zero team. 
Well, right? this like if there's a bunch of four and zero teams, then you got to put them against each other, and then the winners of those remain like are then five and zero. They go against each other. The losers of those are then four and one, and they go against each other, and everything like kind of balances its way out into a ranking throughout the system or throughout the season. Yeah, I understand. Well, like, I, I... So a lot of this, let me interrupt because I think well, there's one key thing here that relates to this a lot, which is how exactly are the ending tournaments being handled? Because we know that it's fairly easy to get to a tournament at the end. It's certainly not that from our division, only the top eight teams are going to be in the tournament. Uh, at, at which point, you know, you just want the most even matchmaking and maybe, you know, that thing would make sense. Is it because if, if it's like a, a bowl system where your record you know, puts you into essentially there are divisions within our division when it comes to the tournaments. Then at that point, I would say that the system that Chase was discussing would be kind of bullshit because if everyone is constantly facing teams who are doing as well as them, then everyone's win loss loss record should theoretically be kind of the same. And it doesn't mean all that much. Whereas if you're playing, you know, random teams, then your win less then your win loss record would be more useful in terms of which bowl game i guess the which which tournament you get put in within your division i think that that's completely wrong because if you're playing random teams you could just get lucky there are 700 teams yeah sure right you, so as a top team you like not even a top team you could be a middling to bottom team and easily play like 10 games against very bottom teams and have an like a perfect record and that puts you up with teams that had a much harder strength of schedule in the same bracket. But if you're doing this win-loss thing where they're trying to match you against teams with the same win-loss record, that evens itself out a lot, lot better. But that, that only works out well towards, like, the top, the upper echelon of this yeah. division. Like, once you get to the lower echelons of this division, it's like, okay, but my record says we're, call it, 7-3. and three because we're playing against some of the worst teams in this in this division. No, because then you would have been playing against six and three teams, which would have been good teams, and you lose that. So then you get put mm. down against, uh, like, six and four teams. And then the next week you get put down against six and five teams. And then you win that one, so then you're against seven and five teams. Like, it, this could go on, right? Yeah. So well, it does balance itself out like that. It, it's not like it, when you win, you're then placed against better teams, and when you lose, you're placed against worse teams. That's that's how it is. Well, I mean, if you think about it this way, right? Let's you know, let's take a six and three team. If you lose your first three games, and so you, then you go down, you're now when you're zero and three, you're facing the bottom of the barrel, and then you win your next six, and that means you only you know encountered teams that were like three levels above neutral. Whereas if you win your first six games and then lose your next three then, you know, you've encountered teams that were, you know, three tiers higher than that other team in the other scenario. And you've beaten teams that were higher, that were higher tier than the, than the team in the previous scenario. Mm, that is true. That, that's kind of how I was looking at it. Yeah, I guess, like, it works infinitely, but it, like within a yeah, a yeah set, a ten game stretch, right, right, and game enough stretch. games it balances. But out. is it better than random though? Still, I still think it's better than random. It, maybe, maybe. Well, but yeah, a lot of this is we saying, don't know how the you know things are going to shake out. We, we don't even know if that if they're trying to rank you against yeah people of the same win loss record. But we also don't know yeah how the final tournaments are organized. I think 
it would make the most sense if they put the top eight teams in a tournament and then teams nine through 16 in a tournament and then, you know, continue. And then they tell you which number of tournament you're in. So, you know, if you like won the league, right, if you're in the top tournament and you win it, it means you've won the league split. Yeah. Yeah. Like that would make the most sense to me. If it's just random teams that just qualified for the tournament and then everybody's placed in a random tournament that that doesn't make a lot of sense to me well if if they did none of them individually matter at all well the thing is i could see it two ways one is the way you described the other way is i i would be okay i agree that the randomness could be too random (laughs) so the other way is you know you have it be um the thing that you're describing of you know you face teams of similar strength uh, and another way you could incorporate it as well is you could give a weighted score to each win based on the strength of the opponent that you defeated at the end of the year. So like you don't know necessarily how many points a win will give you at the time you get it if it's early in the year. But then like, you know, at the end you go back and say, well, you beat this team in week two and they ended up, that was their only loss. So that gives you a lot of points versus, you know, a team that was the same record as you, but then fell off a cliff because it turns out they're not very good. But anyway, so you you do the same thing in terms of the regular season, and then you try to basically go through, you know, like you're lining people up and you're picking for teams where you try to have the same mix of quality of teams in each thing. So like you have a one seed and a two seed, you know, so on and so forth. And so at that point, then you try to be at like everyone who wins their their, uh, tournament has like gotten to the highest level they could in division 11 for example it's like you guys are the winners of division 11 and if you could play enough then you guys would be the ones to advance to another bracket yeah i mean i think it makes sense that they're going to do at least like the top eight teams um because the whole point of this premiere not the whole point but like a a large part of this is that it's supposed to be an in-game path to pro at the highest level yeah right and so if you're trying to find, like, which team qualifies for, like, uh, a challenger split, yeah. it's got to be the winner of Division 20. That's fair. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Right? Like, it has to be the winner that qualifies. Mm-hmm. So how do you find the winner if there's, like, if, if you've made it all even and random for who uh, whoever qualified in that division? Um then there's going to be like 10 teams that won their respective tournaments and you don't know actually who's the best between them. Also, I think Tarek's team is currently undefeated. Wow. I'm sure there are multiple pros teams that or, are undefeated. Well, like, also, presumably, they're in like the top bracket or whatever, right? And it's like, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about actual pro players playing on a premier team. I don't know if they're... Yeah, really I like how you kind of implied um, Tarek is a pro there, the way you said that, Jason. No, 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 no. I was just saying that, like, it's like, yeah, if you're going to take the best team and put them into the challengers, it's like, you would be in a scenario where, like, like potentially the best, or, like, whoever wins this overall premier thing in Division 20 might not have any fucking interest in doing that. Because it's, like, yeah. Groud, Tarek, Stewie 2K, and some other people I don't know. Yeah, and they're like, well, we could have been on teams if we wanted to anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm fucking streaming. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Well, then they just don't show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, the the other, like, outside of just, like, the fact that there's been, I'm like, I mean, we've noticed that ourselves. Like, none of our games have been close. 
Yeah. Well, we had a game in the we had a game in the mini tournament. Yeah, in the mini tournament that was apparently close. I wasn't there for that. It went to like three or four OTs. Mm-hmm. Whatever there was, like the one we right got to the top score death. possible. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Sorry, I think it was sixteen fourteen at the end. Right. Yeah, because you, you can have sixteen fifteen. We had sixteen fourteen. We had the highest yeah. score on in terms of rounds of one side possible. Yeah. But so what happens when you get to sixteen fifteen? Well, when you, get, you to get to fifteen fifteen, 15 it's a uh, sudden death. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, I see. Yep. Who picks side? Just what you were on? I think it's what you were on. There was a whole thing about, like, overtime priority and getting to choose. Yeah. But, that, like, that seemed to have not been a thing. Not in, in the, the tournament, tournament, at least. So I don't know yeah. if that's, like, a mm. only in league games thing. Mm. Maybe. Um, because it's, like, whatever team gets to 12 rounds first then has overtime priority and gets to choose their starting side in overtime. Mm. Um like that was apparently a thing in the FAQ, but it it was not a thing in the tournament. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. But then now, like all of our other games have been like, like what thirteen six, thirteen five. Yeah. Like I don't have a problem with it. Mm. I don't know. It just seems like it's been a stomp. Well, every, every well, game I mean, we've look played, at, it has been a 13-6 or a 13-5. I mean, if, yeah. if you look other at, than that one overtime game. Yeah. yeah, if you look at, you know, the teams the teams from uh, today, uh, our game, the average rank was gold three on both sides. And there was a, a diamond player and a plat player on both sides and then all gold the rest of the way. So, like, you know, that's very balanced. Like yeah, I don't incredibly really incredibly balanced by rank. Yes. Yeah. Right. And then how, what the hidden MMR is of those people? Who am I to say? Mm-hmm. Um, what the bench players were of the other team, also unknown. Were they better than the people who actually were playing in the game? I, I doubt it because we're equal and we had our pretty much our starting five in. Not not quite, but well, yeah. it, it depends on what my hidden MMR is because you know Oliver is in flat two when I'm in gold one, which is a significant like revealed difference, but I don't know how our hidden MMRs are different, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, more or less. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, people have been complaining about uh, getting into games where the opposite is the case in which like they have like, say like a silver one plat and then like the rest like gold three. And then they end up going against like a team that has a bunch of gold twos and then like an immortal yeah, I saw some pictures of that on Reddit, and I'm wondering what happened there. It's It seems a little confusing. I almost wonder if there's something more to the tale that the Reddit poster isn't mentioning. Because, right. like, if they if they have a couple heavy smurfs, like, if they have a couple people who, you know, either got multiple phone numbers or they just decided their one was going to be on a smurf, and so they have a couple, you know, a couple immortal players with gold accounts... And then their hidden MMR is going to be really high, or maybe mm. they're just smurfing so that like their right. rank is lower. I, I don't know. But either way, and so then the people who are actually gold are bitching because they're like, oh, you know, we were expecting to get, you know, carried by these people and be against gold people, <laughs> but, you know, we're actually against people that are even with us. Because like, I still have a couple of people on the bench that are like higher ranked that weren't playing that game. Right, mm-hmm. right. And they and didn't so they're realize. in a higher division because of it. Because, like, yeah. there was one screenshot I saw that just seemed ridiculous. It was, like, all gold and plat versus, like, ascended and diamond or something dumb like that. And I was like, I, I feel like there's something more going on here than what's being shared. Because that just doesn't make sense. And that, that hasn't been 
our experience and the fact that they have 20 divisions, there is no way that like that would happen. Uh, in if that's truly what what the ranks are and everybody's hidden MMR is where their current rank is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I think some. I think there's you know some things going on that aren't being some shared. Shenanigans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you know it could be the other team as well. You could have a couple people who are I guess. <laughs> They they wanted to Super play in a higher tier, so they bought an ascendant account, but then they played on it a bunch beforehand, and their hidden MMR <laughs> is back to gold. I don't know. Or the, or yeah, they're just yeah. boosted. So like they they play with their buddies, right? They play in that five stack all the time, and they right. boosted them up into ascendant, but they're really like a plat player, mm-hmm. right? So their hidden MMR is still plat. They've just been winning games because they've been being carried by their yeah. buddies. Yeah, and so then their hidden MMR is in the dumps. They get placed in a lower league. Or division, right? That could that could definitely be the case as well. So, like, I I wonder what like, like I wonder what scenario would lead you to like the best results in terms of like, hey, I'm an immortal player. I'm gonna get into, or I'm gonna join a a, a team with like four of my silver buddies, and maybe we get placed around like average, average like high gold to low plat division right? are you as a one player going to be able to like, carry am enough? i yeah am i as a one player going to be able to make enough difference presumably playing a duelist who can go out and get a bunch of kills and then have maybe not even like real set strategies but just like like a solid supporting cast of people that like provide the necessary utility that i need and it might not be the best, but it'll be good enough for me to just go out there and fucking kill everyone. As back to our earlier conversation, you know, Reyna would be mm-hmm. a good duelist for that uh, yeah. high rank player to play in that scenario. I feel like right. that's a strategy that they could employ, and I'm totally fine with that happening in our league, yes. right? Because yeah. hopefully when the four players on their team are just not as good as the five players on the other team. So if one p- player can carry the entire team, it's not necessarily that player's fault only. Like, it, the the team that they're against could have done something to shut that person down or, like, mm-hmm. been better strategized, find the gaps, where are they not? Like, you can definitely win that game still if you have the uh, coordination to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what Premier's all about, right? Yeah. Right. I see what you're saying. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um... But all right, let's go into like our our experiences in the premiere. We I meant believe, to talk about this last week, but we yeah, ran out of time. Yeah, I, I believe all three of us have played in all three actual official matches. I that think you correct. guys have actually yes. played in all the games because I wasn't there yes. for the tournament. Well, not quite. Oh, I was Chase, I, yeah, I was Chase AFK in the last. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, but you <laughs> were technically in the lobby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the other gripe that we have is that um, major one, gripe. Yeah, the tournament is a lot of games, which is fine. Totally fine if I've planned that off. Yeah. Like, for the final tournament day, I'm going to be like, okay, I know that this is going to take four or five hours yeah. if, we, if we make it further, right? Like, that's a long time, but that's what you do for, like, the final tournament day. Um, But this, like, test tournament, right? I wasn't sure if it was going to be one game in the tournament system, if it was going to be, like, a full tournament. Yeah, they still that um, time. Your queue window is, is uh 10 to 11. Yeah, so it was one it hour. Was. We're like, okay, yeah. are you going to get one, two games in? And then you're just going to be like, okay, that was the test. Like, thank you for right, trying right. it out. Um, but no, it was the full tournament. Uh, and then we went in thinking, you know, like, okay, if somebody has to go, we have a seven-man roster. So 
one of those two people can come in for the next map. Uh, but that is not the case. Once you are yeah. locked into the tournament with the five people that you're playing, you cannot switch out to either of your two subs for any of the games. Yeah, and Chase tried to leave the ridiculous. party. I tried to kick him as the team owner. Yeah, couldn't do it. Yeah, there is there is no way. So, like, I had to go after we'd played four games or something. Three games. It was the fourth that you had to play, leave We'd for. played yeah. three games. I had, to pl- I had to leave for the fourth game. Like, I just couldn't stay online. Um, and so we were like, okay, well, we have Cass here. Like, Cass can hop in for me. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. And no. Like, I had to leave my computer open and just go AFK in that game, and they played four on five. But Cass was there. Like, he definitely could have stepped in because he's on our fucking roster. Yeah, and just to be, to be fair, clear, I wouldn't yeah. have made it online in time. Yeah, and just to be clear, with that like tournament structure fun. where you have an eight person main bracket and then you have a consolation bracket under that, assuming that you don't forfeit any, you know, the minimum games you would play would be two you lose in the main bracket, lose in the consolation bracket. And then the maximum game number of games you'd play is what we did, which is four, where you, you know, uh, play a game, some number of games in the main bracket, and then you're going to play, you know... To the finals of the Constellation Bracket. Right, to the finals of the Constellation Bracket. Um, right. Uh, but, I, Chase, I will say, I'm going to go a little bit harder than what you were saying. You were saying, oh, it was a problem for the test tournament. I think it's a problem for the real tournament as well. Because, you know, us three are all really committed to Valorant, and we don't have, you know, any kids or a ton of responsibilities. So we, we can, you know, set aside the time. And we all have good PCs and good internet. So, like, it's understandable for us to, you know, make it happen for the real thing. But no, none of us are getting paid to do this. Like, I think for the real tournament, it should be possible as well to swap out a player. You know, something's going on. There's a tech issue. There's a life issue. It, it, as, as we discussed, you know, the way the teams are, are matched against each other is based off the top five of your roster, not who's showing up on game day. So... I don't. I think it's a, a a big problem that they don't have that flexibility. I mean, I completely agree. That's not. I wasn't saying like, oh yeah, they should keep it how it is for the real tournament. Oh, I thought that's what you were saying. Problem. Okay. I was saying like for me personally, that was more of the problem. Oh yeah, 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 um, true. And why I had to leave, but also yeah, for the full tournament, a hundred percent, they should allow you to swap out between your roster. Yeah. I can't think of a good reason why you wouldn't be able to. Yeah, right, because, because it's already based on, on the top five players. You can play any of the league games with any of your se- seven, mm-hmm. like five of your seven people. Why wouldn't you be able to to swap out for different maps? Fucking yeah. VCT teams have multiple man rosters, and they're allowed to swap out between maps. Yeah, because like, the one, the one thought I had at first was like, maybe they don't want you to you know, have someone hop on a Smurf and come and like, you know, call in a big, you know, call in someone who's Smurfing to hop on an account, but you could just log out of your own account and have them log into it. Like, I I don't think that's a serious issue. Uh, One thing that I thought of as well is that I also think for a tournament where you're possibly playing, you know, four games in a row, I believe it's like a minute 45 seconds in between games. It needs to be yeah, more time. It needs to like, be more double time. that minimum. Mm-hmm. I would say five minutes seems like a good number. Like, <laughs> you have a chance to, you know, go to the bathroom, get some, get some snacks, get some drinks. I mean, I don't know why yeah, they're like, oh god, you gotta go to the next yeah. one. Yeah. 
And it also does like, give you more time to swap out if you need to do it as well, in case someone's Valorant doesn't launch and they have to relaunch it or something. You know, the whole shebang. The, the other thing that the other thing I don't understand is like how like the minute forty five just seems like literally nothing in terms of like like especially as you get farther on in the bracket, right? And it's like okay, well we have to play this team next. Right now, it might have just been the case for you guys that the other team or the other games were over by the time your game ended, and so they gave you a minute forty five. But like. Yeah. Like there's got to be scenarios in which you're like you're just done before the other team, and like the other team that you're gonna play next in the bracket, like oh yeah, just that's in true. The middle of their game, right? Oh, it definitely so happened to... too for other teams that we played against because we were definitely the latest. Like the other team was done every time by the fi- time we finished. Yeah, I, our guess, game. I guess that's true. I didn't think um, about that. But there was like one of them, like our first game in the consolation bracket their previous game was forfeit. So they had to wait the entire length of our game right? before playing us. I was surprised they were still online. Yeah. So, like, what's what's the shame in making them wait, like, you know, three more minutes? <laughs> does it matter right. that much at that point? I don't think it does. Yeah, it's like there, there's no reason not to give people more time in between matches. Like, five to ten minutes seems like a pretty good time threshold to, like, go reset, do whatever you need to do, and then make that work. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, technically, you can, you have the time of like the map pick ban sage, and the agent selects screen where you can go do something else, mm-hmm. like, and so there's a few more minutes. But like, you also want to be there for that because you want to be talking to your team and figuring out what you're gonna do and strategizing, right? So yeah. I, I think yeah, there's no no harm in adding a couple more minutes into the transition time between games. Yeah, mm-hmm. full agree. And also, given that minute and 45, that, like, like when I tried to go, like, to hop online to, like, join your, to join your roster, because um, I wasn't sitting literally at my computer. Yeah. We were, like, when this was going down, over here. And then, like, Chase need to get off. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, like, okay, but, like, now i got to boot up Valorant. I didn't have it preemptively just sitting online. So i got to sit down, boot the game up, like, sign into my account or whatever. And then join the party, and like, yeah, like I wasn't gonna make it in time, like for the for yeah. The even offer. if you were allowed to, yeah, like, to even join, if yeah. I was allowed to like join in, like I wasn't gonna make it in time in that minute and forty five. Yeah, especially if something happened to you, like like Hunter said, like you like Valorant didn't launch properly, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and you would have to like then shut it down. Maybe you have to shut down your computer and restart it. Like, yeah, look. Yeah, I mean, people with an a, people with a HDD, you know, five minutes might not be enough for them, but you know, I, I don't know that we need to go out of our way to accommodate that. I'm not saying we need 15 minutes in between games, but mm-hmm. it was just a, it's just a ridiculously small amount of time. Like I at that point, you may as well just roll into on. the next game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, personally I do like find the map like... pick ban, but. Oh, that felt so cool to do map pick bands. Oh my god! It's the first time we've ever actually been able to do that in a in a yeah. real game. Like it, mm-hmm. it felt sick to actually like ban maps and be like, oh, we'll, like strategize what map we want to play on and yeah. and pick one. Um, yeah, and I thought and that's the system. So cool. Yeah, yeah, and I thought the the system they used was really cool because I've never seen map pick bands until we did it. I'd never seen map picks and bands for playing just one map. I'd I'd only, I'd always, you know, I've always seen it for a three map series uh, where it goes one team bans, the other team bans, one team picks, the other team picks, one team bans, the other team bans. And then the last, the map 
out of the seven that's left is the decider. Whereas the way they did it with this, for those of you who haven't played or haven't been following, is one team bans, the next team bans, the first team bans two maps, and then the other team picks one of the remaining three as the map that you play on. So, yeah, so if you think about it in a way yeah. that Cass brought it up earlier, it's like each team gets three bands. That's a good way. Um, to, yeah. Yeah. That's a good way. Uh, to put because it. like when you're picking out of the last three, it's like you're quote unquote banning the two that you're not picking. And then it, whatever's yeah. left is, is the map that you play. Right. So you, each team gets three bands and then whatever's left, that's, that's what's left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as Chase and I were discussing in the car, because it's not a three game series and there's no earlier, there's no early picks. We can just float maps. Very easy. Yeah. That's so if there's a map that you specifically don't want to play, don't ban it first. Oh, true. There's no harm to not banning it first. You can just right. wait for the other team to ban. You wait for the other team. Like I on either side of this, if you're the team that gets to ban three or if you're the team that gets to pick at the end. Um, the first ban ban doesn't really matter because there's no picks right after it. Um, so if the other team bans the map in their ban stage that you were wanting to to ban yourself, then great, right? Yeah, give them the other just the chance to do it. that. Yeah, give yeah. them the chance to waste their thing on something you already wanted to ban. Right, like like we were often banning Lotus, but then when we didn't ban Lotus, often the other team was as well. So we should yeah, it's, not it's like basically what I was saying is yeah. like there's a zero percent chance that we're playing Lotus, which sucks because I perform really well on Lotus and I love the map. Fuck Lotus, Lotus as a map sucks dicks. Chase <laughs> you performed really well on it. The argument on it. Did I? Yeah, but then yeah, so we we went we got in a lengthy argument today, and then we queued a Lotus game, and you popped off. I wouldn't say I popped off. I mean, you were up on the scoreboard. We were all; everyone was performing pretty well in that game. Our, our team was our team was pretty equal in that game. Cass was, was, was seventh game. overall, so not yeah. incredible, but he, he no, clearly well. not. Yeah, well, he's also playing Cipher though. Yeah, <laughs> he's playing Cipher, and the difference between number one and number seven is not huge. I don't believe. Oh yeah, shoot! Yeah, Chase had twenty-one kills at the top of the of your team, and uh, Cass had nineteen. It was a very close yeah, game yeah. in terms of games. incredibly yeah. close. Yeah. It was a really close game, but like, yeah. nonetheless, fuck that map. We're not playing that map. Yeah, let them so, ban it. Yeah, so like, the there's no reason for us shit? to. We uh, we then get three maps that we want to ban, and if they don't ban it, then we ban it in our second stage. Yeah, right. Or just don't um, pick it if we're the one picking at the end. Exactly, you just don't yeah. pick it. And if, and if we assume that the final tournament is going to be best of one, which I would imagine it will be, considering that for each for each uh, you know stage, um, what I'm realizing this is pretty obvious. I just never thought it through before. Is that ideally going into the final tournament tournament we want to have a four map map pool because we're guaranteed to be able to play one of those four maps. Yeah, I mean, you, we we play four maps throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the thing is, Cass and I were talking about yeah. this earlier, right? You play four maps, so we're going to have set strategies and experience on four maps. Um, yeah. But so will the other teams on the exact same four maps. Right, and the first two so maps... So it would be interesting yeah. to have some stuff cooked up for uh, for a map that's not one of those four so that you can hopefully, like, surprise pick it. Um, but what are the odds that you're going to get there? That's It's kind of low. I, I don't yeah. know. Because the thing is, like, I like Fracture. 
Well, I think Fracture would be a solid yeah. pick. But I also think Fracture is a pretty unpopular map and ranked. Probably going to get banned out. Yeah, and the the flip side of what you're saying, Chase, in terms of the surprise pick is also, you know, if we if we run into a map we have serious problems on, because our first ascent game wasn't very good, and then it felt like we had a really good strategy. Uh, or I'm not going to say strategy. We played really well on as a team on the second um, time we did ascent, and then the first time we did pearl after some you know grueling games on pearl in the tournament. Playing pearl earlier today, we kind of ran the table a little bit. But you know, if we if we get to one of the later maps and we just have a hard time with it, then maybe that steers us towards putting that on our one of our three that we're not going to play, and then subbing in one of the ones that we haven't played yet. True. Yeah. 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 Which, like, you know, what are the 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 two final maps after Pearl are going to be Bind and Haven? Yeah. Which are both maps that I generally feel good about. Yeah. Yeah, but who knows? Our team coordination might just be dog shit on them, and we're like, yeah, or, or or it's or we feel like okay going in, and then the other teams are just better, and right? Like, wow, like everybody else has really cooked this more than us. They're going to be better than us. Like, let's not play bind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we are we're thinking about running the gecko on bind, and you know, maybe that works out great, and we're like, oh, for sure, this is awesome. Or maybe we get absolutely steamrolled. Uh, and we're like, well, shoot, you know, maybe we could switch the gecko out and it would make us be better, but, you know, we haven't practiced that now, so let's just, you know, skip by. Yeah. Well, what's our... Well, what what would be our team comp for Bind, then? Because presumably it's going to be... Me on Brim. Yeah. Yeah. Chase on Brim. Well, I guess Oliver's the question here, because Alex is Oliver probably would probably move. play Sova, I would think. Or, Sova or Sky. Okay. Okay, because we're probably going to have Alex and I on Jet and Reyna. Yes, yes. That's what I was imagining as well. Yeah. So we just don't play a Sentinel. Just fine. Yeah, yeah fine. Like, I guess the alternative would be, like, yeah, we have Oliver play, say, Sky and Gil- Hunter Gil- on Joy. KJ. But, like... Or or Oliver on KJ if he plays KJ. Yeah, I would Does think Oliver, Oliver would actually KJ? play KJ there because I don't really play yeah. KJ on Bind. It, it, Oliver would play mm. the KJ in that scenario. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I I, I forgot that he had Killjoy in his pocket. Mm. Oliver's very flexible. Yeah, very flexible. Very flexible. Yes, and it's yeah. nice to have on the team someone who's yeah. Super yeah. flexible like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> almost like they're your flex role. Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's funny that you say Except, that because the flex literally role, not the flex exactly, role. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, flex roll is actually much more defined than a flex roll in ranked. Yeah, flex roll like is really initiator. A flex, yeah. Initiator plus duelist plus aggressive controller sometimes. Yeah. Okay, but like, th- no, but like, that's just what people end up flexing to in the pro meta. Like, I, I think flex as a whole just refers to somebody who is not a one or a two trick. Well, generally, sure, the term flex, but when you think about it in the context of of pro teams, like, Mm. the flex role is a much more well-defined role on a team that is not your smokes player, that is not your uh, sentinel, and is not your primary duelist. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, I I, I guess I see what you're saying with that, but then, like, I I think that's just has a lot to do with how the the meta is developed, with it being pretty much double initiator and then on certain maps double 
controller. But then often in those double controller games, you have your quote-unquote Sentinel player just play the other controller. So... Or do you have your other controller player, player they're not. play Sentinel on yeah. other maps? Maybe you have two players who like yeah. playing controller and they're normally they're flexing the oh, Sentinel. Oh, yeah. What if you have two controller players, but most of the maps <laughs> are playing Sentinel? Are they really a Sentinel player then? Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I realize we, we've discussed all this stuff like about, you know, Premiere general thoughts and about the future. We haven't covered our experience with Premiere all that much yet. We've kind of like beat around the bush I mean, here. We've we've discussed different games that have happened and yeah. uh, and how we've yeah. won or lost them, but I mean we're I mean, we're currently two straight. and one, right? Yeah, we got we yeah. got rolled game one, we rolled games two and three. Yeah, Alex yeah. being there versus not being there seems to be a uh, Alex being there is a win condition, if you will. And specifically, <laughs> yeah, Alex playing duelist as well because the one game that we lost of the three in the tournament sorry so aside from those three games of the of the you know the real matches in the tournament we played four games fourth game doesn't count we were down a player the three games before that the one game that we lost was on pearl where alex was trying to play sky you know alex alex playing with a five-man team and him on duelist we are undefeated currently yeah Yeah, but that makes sense right because he's our highest like ranked player he's obviously Mm. who pulled us up into division 11 Right, yeah. exactly. Right, like, like it, that's why it's nice to have him on the team is because we're in a division in which his MMR is counted. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I'd be shocked if we were in Division have, 11 without him. Yeah. Yeah, I, we definitely, I don't think, would be because most of the teams we're playing have like some plats and, or a, and a diamond on them. Right. And, and he's a, like, I think he's ranked, what, diamond three? Yeah, he's yeah. a high diamond. Yeah. So, obviously we want him in the game because other than that, then we're, we're bringing us all down to like to gold plat players. And then we're in a like lower average MMR than the other team. Most likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which like the, the other thing that I'm, that I'm curious about is like, no, I think we're in the good scenario, which our highest ranked or our highest MMR player is mostly a duelist. Yeah. I mean, but the like, team we played today, their highest ranked, who was also diamond was a Viper main. Yeah, like not Which not Viper main per se. Yeah, but like played Viper in in mm-hmm. the map, and that was harder. They obviously didn't do very well, um, and the Viper, like got they were top frag on their team. Yeah, but that's but harder. They didn't play great though. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because yeah. of them, yeah, Viper. I'm sure played a role in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you probably want whoever your highest ranked player is playing the duelist, or at least someone who is more aggro, be it a a KO or a, or a Sky versus a more passive agent. Definitely. If they're not yeah, playing they can, the they can definitely play Initiator, I think, but somebody that enables them to get kills mm-hmm. um, and use, like, most likely they have better aim. That's why they're in a <laughs> fucking higher yeah. rank than you. Uh, just looking at the scoreboard from our game, and the uh, enemy KO was 7 and 14, and 9 of his 14 deaths were to Alex. Alex was 9-0 against him. <laughs> like, my God. That Alex must brutal. have seemed like a pro to him. Yeah. <laughs> like, how much he got dumpstered, man. Anyway, as a little aside. Yeah. But, yeah. I dipped her, I dipped her diamond in that game. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, they were, I was not positive against many people, but I was positive against the, uh, the Viper. Nice. Uh, I was 2-0. 2-0. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so to kind of back up a little bit, some general thoughts we had about Premiere that we meant to get to last week, and we've discussed them a lot internally, but we haven't discussed them on the podcast, is that we, our very first game, I think we all felt nervous. It felt like a big moment, like, oh my God, we're playing like a real competitive game, like almost pro. And as a result, we definitely played kind of jittery and, you know, just out of sync. And then after we kind of got that out of our system, we were able to play a lot more loose. I think in our most recent two games. I agree. I think that specifically in running set strats, like that was the first time that we'd ever planned a strategy really before Mm -hmm. a game, right? We've done like dumb things before, but like Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. Like that, or like we've played like unrated where we smoke off the entire site and run in with shotguns. Yeah. Um, And then we've done something like very basic. Oh, you smoke and then you flash that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, this is the first time we've ever gone into a custom game and practiced a strategy, like, an yeah. execute. And, like, this utility has to come out at this time, and this is where you're positioned on the entrance to site so that you're in position to go to this next thing. And, like, I just got confused. I think everybody just got confused in that first yeah. game. Of, like, we knew what we were supposed to be doing, but when you're trying to put five people together doing that, that's hard, man. It is. It made it me is. really realize that, like, how much of a full-time job being a professional player is yeah uh, because to be practicing those strategies and like understand exactly where everybody is and is supposed to be and what utility is supposed to go where takes time now obviously you get better at that and they're just fucking insane players so they're like intuitively know a lot more than we do but like it's just it's hard so i think that first game we caught we got caught up a lot in trying to run a strategy and it just not executing the way that we had planned yeah, I think we really I, focused on like, oh, I need to throw this utility and not being adaptable. At least speaking, I, I had a very different experience from our first game. At least I didn't necessarily feel like the 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 nervousness aspect of it. Um, so much as it was just the, oh, I'm, I'm trying to get onto, onto site, and we had planned our strats around there being a KJ on the other team, but there's a cipher. And nobody's in position to break this trip for me as I dash in. Uh, which is not, like, anybody's given fault. It's like, we didn't plan around this, right. nor did I. And so I'm just doing what I was doing, dashing into dashing into Switch, and now I'm just, like, highlighted for everybody to spam me down through the smokes. Um, and then, also, like, I was just dying a lot in either Garage or A-Main before I could even have the opportunity to smoke and dash onto site. Um, and like we didn't plan around the the perpetual omen one way on a main or ko um, knifing. Just like if a couple of us get tagged by the ko yeah. knife, we weren't running a ko, exactly. so we didn't think about a yeah. ko being used against us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know. I, I like. I I feel like I had a very different perspective on that because like I I didn't run into the issue where it's like oh like I'm being overwhelmed with like what to do and when. It was like I very much know what my role is. And, like, what I'm supposed to be doing. And I just wasn't able to get into the positions to do that. Or, when I did do that, there was some element that we hadn't planned around. And I'm dead. I was dead a lot that game. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And there was there was something that I appreciated watching the VOD for that game. Uh, which, there's a specific, like, NFL analogy that came to mind, but I think this is something that applies to a lot of sports, so it's not going to be, like, lost on people who don't follow football specifically. 
which is that, you know, one of the things that makes, you know, a team and sometimes even just a couple people in the team do really well in professional and organized sports is when you have a plan and you might have the initial plan, but like, you're never going to have, you know, this complete list of like, well, if X happens, then this, because, you know, that quickly branch very far if you think about like, oh, if the cyber trip is here, then we do this. And then if this happens, you know, it's not going to be like some sort of tree in everyone's head that you go down where if every single thing happens, then that causes this specific outcome and how we react. What you really need is you really need to have a vision that everyone understands. And then as the round plays out, people react different, like people react to what's happening. And what you want to have, if you have an effective team or effective teamwork is people to react the same way. Because like in that first ascent game, there were times that Cass would be like, oh, this is happening. That means I go in as Jet. And the, the person with Cass was not on that same page. They were thinking, okay, we're gonna play a bit more passively here. And as a result, there's this split where now Cass is overextending relative to the rest of the team and dying by himself. And so like, I, I thought that was just really interesting getting to experience that where you know, a lot of your team play isn't just, oh, let's execute these strats, but like, let's make sure that we're thinking about the rounds in a similar way so that we can, not even necessarily with communication, just support each other in what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a good analogy. Because um, it's like, if things go sideways, which they will, like there's yeah. going to be something that you don't uh, account for. If everybody has a vision of this is how we want the round to play out in their head, yeah, then hopefully you are making coordinated decisions on the fly. Yeah, that's the ideal. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I found it in that first game. It was like things that I would normally do, like in a game. If if I was playing yeah. on a scent as, as Brim, um, I just know like, oh, I'm smoking. Like th this is the time where I smoke, and this is where right. I smoke. Right, but what I was experiencing was in the context of everybody doing things in an order, it made, it made like it a lot more complicated when I should have just been like, okay, this is the time when I do my thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I, I also think that like, I, I actually, I, I, I got two points here. Uh, the, the first is, and we'll, we can circle back around to this, but I think to a certain extent, like it is often better to just play in a, like a more like puggy method at our rank and like just kind of feel out what's what's working and what's not working rather than just being like okay this is exactly what everybody needs to do when they need to do it right um uh, which is like obviously good to have that as like a general concept and like hey like when we're doing our b execute right like i'm not covering this or I'm not going to be clearing these angles. Like, be aware of them, right? Um, but then, like, I think the our whole setting up of okay, we need we need this to happen, and then we need this to happen, and then I'm gonna dash in right as Chase's smokes go down, and at that same time we're getting a breeze concussed going here. Like, I I think that might have been like a bit too much, um, and we would have just gotten more or we would have seen better performance out of just everybody kind of doing what they think is the right call to make in the given moment. And, and you have a general plan. And we right? have a general yeah. plan. Like, hey, I'm going switch, and then I'm going to route from switch around to stairs. 
Um, whereas like, and then somebody else needs to know like, hey, like, uh, I won't have cleared any of highway, right? So if you're gonna swing out the main choke, you gotta you gotta be ready to take a dual highway. I didn't clear that at all. Um, things like that. But then the exact this is what you do when I think might have been a bit too much. Well, I think I, I have was, a sort of an in-between perspective, but it sounds like you have something else to say. Yeah, the, the other thing I was saying, because I, I figured we'd end up circling back to that first point. But the other thing is, like, obviously the enemy team's going to use your utility to stop you from doing whatever the fuck you planned. Yeah. Kind of how the game works. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we, we should we should have kept that in mind more. I mean, we're still <laughs> running into that, too. Like, in yeah. our game today... We had a whole, like, our whole, like, B site on Pearl execute. Yeah. Right? Like, we had it all planned out. We're like, this is the, the metal walls. This is what we're going to do. Here. And we were running that. Except they just put a fucking Viper wall in our face. Yeah. So then right? we had like, to, like, wait that out. And then that changed mm-hmm. the timing versus what we expected. So. Yeah. So, but it, yeah. it was, like, it's funny because it's as if when we were planning this out, we don't realize oh, yeah, the things that we're planning on defense yeah. are going to be played against us on offense. Yeah. Yeah, but thankfully, I think a huge uh, thing that we did in the game today that we didn't do in our first game on Ascent is we didn't, you know, let that throw us off. Like, we we made adjustments, not necessarily the best adjustments, but, like, we, we were able to be like, okay, well, let's do this or that to counter it. Yeah, and like it we worked know out. the Viper Orb is going to go up. Let's wait before we open exactly, the side. Yeah. Like, we know the Viper Wall is going to go up. Before mm-hmm. I throw my Harbor Wall, I'm gonna we're going to wait for that to go down so we have the timing. Right. And, like, that was on the fly, just adjusting the timings of our already set strategies, which I think yeah. worked yeah. really well. Also, I think today, like, Hunter put in a lot of work for this game. Um, oh, thanks. He, he, like, went through and designed, like, five or six different uh, kind of set plays, just strategies. Yeah. Uh, and made, like, a video explaining them to everybody that we, I think, all watched. Mm. Um, and it, I think it worked really well. Oh, uh, because a lot a of them, that. like like Cass was saying, it, they were not necessarily like every piece of util has to be here at this point. They were yeah. a lot more general. This is pathing for a round, and everybody do your thing to get there. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them had like specific things that have to go up at certain times, which is totally like that's fair. That what a strategy is, mm-hmm. but um, like it was really useful to fall back on that. And I'm sure from Hunter's IGLing perspective to be like, Oh, this round, we're going to run this strategy and everybody knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, like that just worked really well. And a lot of them worked out. Well, mm-hmm. would it have worked if we just, you know, kind of went into site again, maybe, but it's like, it's a really useful tool to be able to mix things up all the time and have ways that you're set to mix things up already. Yeah, like, for as much as I'm going to dog on this play, I think it was called the the Australian something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I'm going to dog right. on you after you do it, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. For yeah. as much as I'm going to dog on this, Hunter loves his unconventional plants. I but do, like, I do. Yeah. It was... Well, one of the things that I noticed in your, your mock-up of, like, what, what our post-plant scenario is going to be, which I commented before the game even started on, but like it's basically the idea of hey we're going to we're going to hit a we're going to take a but then we're going to plant back site and the multiple people are going to push through flowers and secret to try and take control of ct and yeah. then we play post plant um, from there once we have that space. yes which mm-hmm. and because we won a round doing that just was, to be clear 
Oh, it worked yeah, really yeah. well in one round. It worked very well, yeah. yeah. Uh, one round, it didn't work so well. The other round, it worked great. And like I think because this is a, hey, this is what our game plan is, it's not it's not like because you're not doing this on the fly, like, hey, guys, I'm going to play in CT. I need you guys to group up around me so that we can push this. It was like, hey, this is what we're doing. I think that it ended up working out really well because everybody's on the same page. But Not exactly, side, though, because I seem to remember a specific round where I said, well, you know, let's one. go back and plant backsite. And then Gas was like, what the heck? We're planting backsite? And was shocked, <laughs> no, 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 despite no, no. that being I both was, the play was, and the call, and was unready was for it to be planted backsite. I was shocked at the, <laughs> when I looked at the mock-up that Hunter made of where everybody's yeah. going to be playing this post-plant from. Hunter had me A-main. Yeah. The spike's not planted for me. Exactly, because it's a crossfire when they come out art. You know, they, they, they're going behind, and you're there. So the, as they engage us back sight, you're shooting them in the back of the head. I'm setting also, you up for free kills. Set up. Exactly, set yeah. Up main for you to play off of them as well, if people are coming through that, if, that area. Yeah, Cass, I'm literally uh, giving you the most favorable yeah. duels in that no, no, scenario. No, no. <laughs> well, not necessarily, because first yeah. of all, if they don't know where Spike is planted, they're going to swing out, assuming somebody's A-main, because we probably planted default. They don't well, know that it's not planted default I didn't, yet. I didn't necessarily go into exactly everything I had yeah, in mind, yeah, yeah, yeah. but okay, what I had in okay, mind is okay. that you would hide. No, 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 you wouldn't yeah, engage okay. with that yeah, initial sure, push. Sure, sure. But, yeah. but, but also, we got to the point where you guys pushed flowers and died. Everybody well, backside died. Which, again, no matter how good your strategy is, sometimes that's just going to happen. Right? Yeah. But then... I was sitting main, and Spike's planted back sight, and I'm just like, ah, fuck, 1v4, what do I do? It's yeah, already a 1v4, you're not, you're <laughs> yeah, not winning I know. it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter Cass, if that, that seems very ideally for you. Yeah, Cass, I yeah. will say, that seems very vastly different than, you know, when we're playing ranked. Like, it certainly doesn't happen that you end up saving after the rest of us die, based on your <laughs> own strategic plans. That That doesn't happen at all. Yeah, no, no. I, yeah. I, I want to go I, back I and look at the valid line. strategy because, like, it does. Like when Cass was explaining this to me earlier, before I'd watched the video or like seen the strats, I was like, yeah. "Yeah, that sounds fucking stupid. Why would you be like alone on the other side of site with Spike not planted for you? Yeah, uh, everybody else is just gonna die, and then you're it's gonna be not planted for you as the last alive." Yeah. Um, but then when I actually watched the video, I was like, "Oh no, I totally see." <laughs> exactly thank you, thank you, here. Chase. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> the, yeah. the other, the other set strat that I wanted to dog on Hunter for is he had on defense. It was one of the few set things that we had for defense. Was yeah, we we employed this once on an eco, um, yeah. and because it was an eco, I just pushed up with everybody else too. Yeah, we got flossed. Um, yeah, yeah. We, no, we got we got destroyed. But basically, yeah. the game plan was like, all right. We're, we're like a like hunter's gonna send his harbor wall out up uh up b when we're on defense yeah. we're all just gonna push up and take b long but in hunter's little strategy booklet he had me sitting back holes with my cypher setup and i'm just like well if the three of you guys are pushing b long being hunter chase and alex either you guys all die pushing b long in which case i'm fucked on site anyway yeah or you guys take B long, in which case, why the fuck am I on B side? Okay, well, okay. can I so, respond to that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is this is yeah. another one where it was the exact same situation where Cass told <laughs> told it to me like that, and I was like, "That's fucking stupid. Why would that mm -hmm. happen?" And then I watched the video, and you make a comment in the video specifically <laughs> about why Cass is doing that. Yeah, 
And did I'm like, Kat, did oh, you watch okay, the video? I did not watch the video. I read the Google Doc. <laughs> oh, you did? I didn't know. I forgot that you did watch. Okay, that makes so much sense. No, 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 then. No, I watched the video. I read the Google. Doc. Okay, okay. I was well, at work when you posted this, so I pulled up the Google Doc. Okay, I was I, sitting on the shitter and I read the Google Doc. Okay, I'm sure that you mentioned this to me at one point, but I I forgot that you didn't watch the video. Essentially, the idea is that um, first of all, when it comes to that push, uh, I had been conditioning them to an extent by like basically always sending that case cascade out and then not pushing mm-hmm. behind it. So that's that's a part of the strategy that they you know get a little slowed down the first couple rounds because they're like oh they might be pushing but then you don't and now you actually do and then the other thing is that basically it's me Chase and Alex pushing up behind the wall I with the wall am kind of pretty close to the with the cascade I'm pretty close to the physical wall on the left mm-hmm. and then Alex is leering out to the side and Chase is flashing through the wall which means mm-hmm. within a very relatively short amount of time. Uh, both Alex and Chase are going to have their flashes out. And that is exploitable by someone swinging very quickly, particularly if they like jet dashed across or are just full sprinting to the top of ramps. If someone swings at that point where one or both of them have their flash out, particularly since it's an eco strat, you know, that could mm-hmm. get blown up right away. So that's where you come in. I don't care about your cipher setup. It's an eco. Maybe you didn't buy any trips or, or cages, but you have a marshal mm-hmm. or you have a sheriff and you're holding that ramps angle. So if someone swings that, you can employ one of your favorite things, which is your long-ranged aim capabilities, to get that kill. Well, yes, it was it was less about Cass's cipher sure. and more about Cass as a marshaller. Exactly, and, yeah. And, okay. and so basically, like the the cascade doesn't cover all of B long. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It covers the left hand side, and so mm-hmm. what Cass is there to do is to cover the right hand side gap. Yeah. Of somebody has walked past the cascade and is exactly. going to peek around the the right hand side to us, ready to burst through the wall. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Fair enough. Yeah. Again, I did not watch the video. I just saw. The, I just read the Google Doc. Yeah. But one of the one of the uh, the things that might have thrown a wrench in that plan of yours in this particular round that we employed said strategy is uh, I was broke as fuck. I had a classic. Well, I mean, I would say in that case, Cass, if you had watched the video and understood the plan. You would have yeah. been comfortable to play somewhere else or just push with us because obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't well, want you yeah, holding with the classic yeah. down D long. <laughs> Which I, like, I did just push with you guys. I'm like, I got a yeah, yeah. classic. Like, right. of course yeah. I'm going to push with you guys. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I would have I never got, been yeah, like, I, what the heck, Cass? Hold that with uh, the classic. <laughs> that, it definitely would have yeah. made more sense had I watched the video. I just yeah, read yeah. the doc instead. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. There Game went well. Yeah, game game yeah. went well. Not not that mm. round in particular. No, no. Also, no, we we round. like mostly had classics against. I think it was a round two. Yeah, it, it was like it was yeah. very interesting. The, the way the enemy team played it was kind of weird because they, I think they were planning on splitting like B main and mid, because like when we flashed out, there was one player there, and they weren't even super far up, and then everyone else mm-hmm. just like came back from B links, and then it wasn't that close range of a duel, and so we you know, yeah, and then we got like we just got weaponry by specters, yeah. Molly off. There were a couple right, like there were a couple like vandals in there too, but yeah, like we got Viper mollied off. Yeah, and then we're just like, ah, oh, well, fuck, like we're pushing through the Molly, or at least somebody oh, the orb, did. you mean? No, no, no. There was no, a no. There was a the molly. Ground. I was vulnerable oh. when I died. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Somebody pushed through the molly, and I'm like, ah, fuck. Guess we're going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I also pushed through the molly. No, so I mean, on, in us... hindsight, I should not have pushed through that molly <laughs> because I was just hoping because there was only one person there, and there were five mm-hmm. of us with classics. Yeah. I was hoping that we could get that one v five. Like maybe they were pushing mid or they didn't a push far enough in. Yeah, 
But they, there were a bunch of people just like right behind the next angle mm. that immediately came back and just rolled us. Um, yeah, because if that Viper pushed to top ramps, you know, we get that kill. We get our, our star player, Alex, the rifle or Spectre, whatever mm. it was. And then we have a chance at the round. But unfortunately, yeah, I think Viper that's not did have a, yeah, no, Viper yeah. had a Vandal. The Viper was probably also playing more passively mm-hmm. because she had a Vandal. Um, but I think, now, I don't know how effectively we could do this, but I think it might work slightly better for our, our next game on, on Monday if um, we employ this strat. Also, again, presumably on an eco, where um, you guys hide behind Pillar. For like five seconds. Maybe How many people are hiding behind pillars? Not uh, that well, it'd, be, it'd be you, Chase, and Alex. But I, I don't think three people can hide behind pillar cats. Huh? Oh, I mean, you can if you stack up. I think. Yeah. But, oh, but you're no, just okay. saying to like get the timing better. Yeah, yeah, to get the timing better, so that like oh. they push up a little farther, and then the cascade comes out, and then you guys go. And then oh, also, oh, presumably oh. I'll be holding it with a marshal and a sheriff. But I'm saying yeah. like Okay, I see. I you see. give them you give them a bit more time to to egress onto that angle and into that position to the point where Cass, you literally where, just said you give them more time to exit onto that angle. <laughs> egress means you're, exit. You're working for ingress. Yes, yes. Uh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Caviar is hard. Um mm. But yeah, yeah, you just give them a bit more time to, like, be in an unfortunate spot to all of a sudden have three people fucking running you down. Right? True, but then you Piper... see where the harbor wall is coming from if they if they have pushed up far enough at that point. I think that walking up behind the harbor wall, especially if they're already conditioned by a few rounds of that harbor wall mm-hmm. or the, the cascade going up there, uh, I think it makes more sense to walk behind it. Um because it still gives them time, definitely, to get to ramps if they were planning on going there. I think in this round they just weren't, yeah, pushing it hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where I think it depends on how fast the team tends to play. Because if they do tend to be pretty slow in the early round, then I would agree with you, Cast, to give them more time. Mm-hmm. But there are definitely teams that have you know three players take ramps immediately, yeah, you know, and, oh, and yeah. a lot of rounds. And then at that point, then the, the you know, the range is just not in our favor with the eco right. guns. And also, like, it, it's an eco round. We're, we're planning on losing this anyway. Yeah. Um, but, oh, another thing that I thought was really funny about you just constantly putting that cascade up is there was a round where Alex had an operator. And you know how when you look at the minimap, you can see what angles your teammate is, like, holding from yeah. their, like, POV or whatever? Like, yeah. Well, what they can see versus, like, what, what, what they can't or whatever. <laughs> It was so funny because Alex was holding that initial angle with it with an op. Hunter throws his cascade up, and then I just see his POV just flicking back and forth between like three different angles because there's now a cascade in his face. Okay, to be <laughs> fair, Alex didn't mention he was hopping. I did not. I, I knew he was hopping. I would not have thrown that cascade. <laughs> it was yeah. so funny because you'd just been doing it every round. Mm. Um, so it's just like part of your like yeah. muscle memory or whatever and it was so it was so funny to just see that like little white bar on the top of my or like the white pov angle thing from yeah. the top of vision uh, cone yeah just, uh, yeah like the vision code just flicking back and forth being like oh where the fuck do i look i don't know where they can be that's um, funny yeah and then also i was just definitely like, not optimal strategy that's an exact case of what i was saying of you know two people doing something in support of the vision and you know conflicting yeah. 
And by the way, I realized I said it, I said I was going to use an NFL analogy and then I never did. I've been sitting on it. When a quarterback and a wide receiver are running a play and, you know, the best duos of quarterback and wide receiver, they'll be on the same page as to what the coverage is, how that changes where the route goes. And there have been some cases where a, a really good quarterback and a really good wide receiver just don't view things the same way. And so they don't work out well on this on the team because, you know, the quarterback throws one way because they expect the receiver will break that way. But the receiver broke the other way because they just have a very different vision of what's going on on the field. So there you go. <laughs> I just had to get that off my chest because I was prepped for it and then, you know, didn't give it. All right. What was that first point I made that I said we we're going to circle back to? Fuck, I don't know. Oh shoot, what was it? Because I had a, yeah. I had a thought on it. It was about I, I know you had a thought planning on it, for I, sure. I lost the train um, of thought. Rick, was it about one of our, the set strats? It was probably about some set strat, but then like we kind of covered it a fair amount too. Because well, yeah, because you were planning like, why well, have two things here? Yeah, but I don't uh, remember what Frick. the first thing was or the second mm-hmm. thing at this point really. Well, planning for CT, and, we covered already. I yeah. think I don't think there was anything right. else about that. Well, I guess just to like speak on our ascent game, because I did say I was going to dog Hunter a bit for his IGLing on that, which I guess I'll do right now. Um, There's <laughs> <laughs> a bit of you dogging Hunter oh, and then yeah, me yeah, just yeah. defending Hunter for this. I mean, Chas, <laughs> here's the thing. If you're dogging on me for my ascent game, I'm probably going to agree with what you said, because my IGLing was not good on ascent. I'm yeah, just trying like, to improve success. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, like I'm not dogging you in particular. I mean, I guess I technically am. Yeah, you can. Like, like I'm, go for yeah, it. Yeah. It was just like, like I, like I, I guess I just have a different vision from that, like that you do for like how ascent should be played optimally from attack. And I know that, like, at least when it comes to pro meta, like four rounds on a, on attack ascent is considered fine. Like, like this map runs one of the most defender sided in the pro meta. Yeah. Um, True. But I just place a lot of emphasis on taking mid. Be it both on attack and defense. Is you really want to control mid because the chokes are brutal to get out of. Assuming they don't have a great strategy to get out of the, the, the two choke points being B garage and A main. Um, and where you really run into issues is when there's there's pressure being applied on either of the mains and you can't fully focus your attention on that because you either need to hold market or you need to hold tree. Um, and you, you get into those sticky situations where, as a defender, you've got a lot of pressure tree and someone slips the net coming out of a main. Right? It's like, like oh, we, like, we're, we're both grouped up around this angle... We, we hear a bunch of noise going on in tree, like their flashes coming through, people are like smoking off garden, um, and you're focused on that. And then all of a sudden, somebody just pops out of A main, shoots a couple of you guys in the back. Um, or vice versa. I mean, that's your bad defense if you're just uh, well, like, that, that's A-Main an effective split no, no. strategy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but like, right. it's the idea of like, because there's, because they're, they're, they're splitting well and they're applying pressure on multiple fronts that your attention is divided in that scenario whereas i feel like when we're if you are able to control mid that mid fountain area well on ascent like like you can have one person effectively just lock the fuck out of whatever that main choke is probably going to be a killjoy on b and 
honestly, whoever the fuck you want on it. Wait, guys, um, are you saying on defense you want to control value? On defense. No, on defense, I'm saying you want to control mid. You are aware that I wasn't idealing for defense, right? Sure. No, no, but I'm saying... <laughs> you said like, you're dogging on me for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm saying in the exact same way, which often yeah. a, lot of our, a lot of our strats were evolved around... And we were playing... In that game, we were playing single duelist with me on, on, on the chat. Yeah. But in which I feel like I'm way better suited for pushing mid, yet all of our strats revolved around me bursting out of one of the two chucks, which in its own right is fine because I'm the only person who can effectively burst out of those chokes given what our team comp was. But, and this, a lot of this has to do with how I often play during ranked is I feel more comfortable taking mid control and then pushing through mid control or like pushing through mid on top of the fact that I think mid control and attack is so fucking important that it, it, it seemed like from my perspective, it seemed like an oversight to not place as strong of an emphasis on mid. And like, again, because, because you're IGLing, I'm going to go with the calls. Like whatever the call is made, I'm going to do whatever it is that I'm being called to do. It's just, I feel like in yeah. general on ascent, like we can, we can have, we can take mid control and we don't even need to use it. But so long as we have it, we can, take the first, call it 30, 40 seconds of a round to get into that area. We can have one person very passively hold for a push out of A or B main. And then if we don't want to use that mid control after we've taken it, we can group back up A or B main and burst out onto site. But I feel like we want to deny the enemy team mid almost more than we want to take it. If that makes sense. Yeah, as I was listening to you, Cass, I believe that I've come up with a specific percentage uh, with which I agree with you, which is 25%. I 25% agree with what you've just said. <laughs> I think that um, one of the things that I worked into our strategy in the second attempt, ascent game that I didn't on the first was I think that when you're splitting A, going through mid to tree is very useful. And one of the things that our, our default, I think it was really good on the, set, the second time we played it, where I had me with a Killjoy turret watching into Garage, so we know if they fast push out of Garage, since obviously that makes you very vulnerable in mid if someone can peek like through links, e even from a distance, in, or, like mm -hmm. to Cat. So watching the push out of B, and then we would tend to, to uh, as time went on, if they didn't push, and they didn't in that game, uh, go into mid, go tree, and then split A. I think that is very important. I think your ability to control tree from mid is very vital and that depends on not just having people walk down cat from top mid because obviously you're very vulnerable doing that but also having people in links now i think that taking market control or even peaking it i don't think is that valuable from either offense or defense and that's where i hard disagree with you because as the defense really the only thing you you care about is holding tree and holding market and you can hold market from someone inside market and you can hold market from someone like back towards spawn watching the cross to market. And then tree, I think is just so much more favorable to hold as defense versus trying to like peak to fountain where, you know, you have, I mean, either way, I think tree is the way to go because it's, it's a choke point that if you use your, if you combo your utility correctly, like you can take it. Otherwise it's kind of tough. So I think it's defense that I'm happy for the offense to take mid if we have tree control 
and if we have market control. I don't give a shit if they're arches, if they're fountain, if they're top mid. That doesn't bother me in the slightest. I don't think we lose that much by giving that up. And then as offense, I think taking tree is very important. And I don't generally like pushing market from mid just because it's kind of a nightmare in terms of all the angles that you're holding. And then if you're splitting B, then you can't really watch someone coming behind you from tree. There's a whole lot that can go wrong with that. So that's why 25% agree. Yes, I taking tree on offense is important. That's the only time I think mid control is particularly important. Well, I think if you can, like... It... The the where I disagree with you here is where I feel like if you can stop them at like if you can hold them off at B link or top cap and just keep them from getting into that mid area in general, you just have so much map control on where or where they can and cannot be. And we noticed this in the in the ascent game that we won, right? Oftentimes when they were rotating off. They had to rotate all the way through spawn. Yeah. Because we were able to gain this mid control. And a lot of that had to do with me offing down, um, like offing into B links and Alex playing, playing arches or I also. Mean, sure. But like a, a but, smoke fucks that. Yeah. Okay. It's so easy for attack to smoke off arches. Yeah. But they need yep. to smoke off both is what I'm saying. No, because they can walk down cat. And tree and tree can be held to links, but I think that that's totally fine. Yeah, I, I'm I'm agreeing with Hunter there. Like they can walk down cat as long as they're still holding that tree triangle. Great, mm-hmm. but like Hunter and I were watching pro games and specifically talking about when teams were pushing up uh, into mid with market on tack. Yeah, and getting yep. nothing out of it. Mm-hmm. Right, we're like, wow, this team is really putting a lot of emphasis on taking like pizza control. And then they would just fall apart trying to burst onto site because the defending team would just hold their same angles and not budge. Okay, but I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, like, like, like you're seeing this in programs because Ascent is so defender-sided at that level. Huh? I'm not sure. What is what? Oh, you mean def- defense is winning because it's defender-sided? Well, yeah. sure. Like, like on I'm, Ascent, like, yes, you're going to see a, defense attackers win a So you should do rounds. bad strats because yeah. you're not going to win no, anyway? Not, is that what no, you're saying? It's yeah. not that you should do bad strats. It's just because <laughs> something didn't work doesn't mean we, that it that, wasn't but a good that idea. was consistently not working is what we were saying. In, in the games yeah, that we were watching, I mean, it was yeah. consistently not working to take that while other areas and other pressure was working better. Yeah, and so spe- that's what we were discussing. Yeah, and specifically, the problem that I see with it is if you going mid to defender spawn to A is just not feasible. That doesn't really make sense in the vast majority of rounds. So what you're looking at, if you're taking mid control to look for, you know, market versus tree, then you're doing one of two things. Like you're rushing mid and you're trying to go mid to market to B with minimal to no garage control. And then at that point, yeah, you can probably take market, but now there's a very awkward crossfire between CT and garage the defenders could be in as you're getting to site. And then the other option is you're splitting B and you have people garage and people mid. And then the problem... That's the best option, I think. I think that's the best option. But there, And I would be okay if we wanted to work that in more. But the, the big issue with that is you open yourself up to a timing from someone pushing tree behind you as you go through arches and shooting you in the back which happens very often, even at the ranked level. So I think that still has an issue. 
at least in my experience pushing like the pizza area. Yeah. At least I haven't been killed a lot to somebody coming out of a tree. I get killed all the time me. for that. All the time. Wait, yeah. I was going to say, I'm also usually the tip of the spear. Right, so you like, get killed before that die. happens. Yeah, yeah, I usually get killed before that happens. Well, and then there's um, also, like, as you're going towards pizza, someone could be, assuming that there was some sort of utility where you didn't immediately get to see into that, someone could be at, you know, pizza, where the actual pizzas are. They could be market, they could be pushed up to archers, they could be spawned. It is very awkward to clear all of those angles uh, when they could flash out or and or peek out any mm. one of those. So like it's just at difficult any moment to they can get a timing yeah. from you from yeah. like yeah from fountain area if they push through all the way through a long if they push through um yeah uh through tree down uh down to that area or they can push through I'm assuming your smoke on uh bottom mid like that goes back to CT yeah. spawn yeah like if you're in market and you're trying to like burst down the door or something that they close on you, they can easily push through that and get a timing on you that way. Like there are just a lot of flank opportunities for you to get shot in the back in that area. I still think that it's better than us just trying to like the amount of times you just get stalled out going B though, which happened to us all the time. Like in this particular, in the game that we lost on is we try to get out B and there'd just be so much utility in our face that we just can't get out of this ship. The problem, the now, problem wasn't that we were hitting B. The problem was that we were using our utility poorly, I think. Like, I don't like, think that's okay. an inherent one, issue. One of the, yeah, okay. Yeah. One, one of the things that I think we, we should have identified and therefore abused in this game, which we just didn't, mm -hmm. was the fact that they were often having, because they were playing a Cypher uh, instead of a Killjoy, yeah and i know i knew what tra like after like two rounds i got to realize what trap cypher was playing on um mm -hmm. on on b and i'm like all right like i i can i can pre-fire these 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 couple of traps like i i know where they go because i use them occasionally myself um but what, what i think we should have done is we should have just flashed that that main wall from garage like kate's just puts a breach flash through there and then we push the Sova off a highway and we just go highway, which I think was the, yep. I think was the change that we needed that we, we didn't end up incorporating in because we didn't come up with it given the, the team that we we're going against. I, I agree like, in that case. Yeah. Okay. I think we needed to abuse highway and we just had it in our heads that like, Oh, there's going to be a killjoy set up highway. So we don't go there, but then they weren't playing the killjoy. So we should have done that. Yeah. And that's um, another case of, of the whole, you know, on the fly thing where like, in my head, at one there was one round in particular where I said, let's do, you know, our main strat, which was going, like, you know, stairs rather than highway. Mm -hmm. And then as the round played out, I felt like, oh, I can go highway here. And so I went there, but I was killed joint. I had Spike. And so I took a duel with someone on site with Spike and died with, without support. Like, I way mm -hmm. over peaked because in my head it made sense, but I should have realized, hey, there's no one with me. You shouldn't be peaking this. Mm -hmm. So, like, I kind of threw the round that was otherwise winnable by doing that. So like yeah, that, I I agree with you that if I would have if we would have come together and discussed yeah we should go highway that could have helped us a lot and instead mm. was falling apart a little bit. Yeah, and their sova just got three there. Like yeah, the sova was just <laughs> yeah. You remember the specific their, their round? Yes, really yes. Good, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Their their like, sova was really good. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm down to wrap this up here because uh, yeah, we got to get up. Time to go to bed. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you want to lead us out? Yeah. We'll drink with you later. <laughs>